Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Welcome, everyone, to the Islanders Never Say Die podcast. I'm your host, Jay, and here, as always, our NHL analyst and expert, the grumpy old man. They say there's no shame in his game because he is always the same. That's me. Grumpy, how are you this Wednesday evening? Wonderful. How about you? You're still prepping your shit? Look at Who cares? That. So what? So what? Is there, you got a problem with that? <laughs> I do. I do. I got a problem with everything, though. Um, I just want to let, I just want to let everyone know on the podcast before we continue that TJ threatened me with, uh, actually with a murder charge. (laughs) If I didn't have my microphone plugged up when we started the podcast, 25 minutes late. Sometimes, uh, 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 look at that. See a little little slight stab right there. Grump, I was prepping for the items that you had sent me, making sure that we had them all prepared here. So you're a liar. You're lying. I, I'm lying. I, we I have believe to, I got a picture for you with a baby snapping turtle not two minutes to eight. Oh, so you were playing no, around. You were playing around. Not two minutes to eight. I said, Grumpy, new mascot of the show. Mm, the warden wouldn't let me. My warden wouldn't let me keep the snapping turtle, baby snapping turtle, a little tiny one. Anyway, um, for those of you who are new to the show, welcome. For those of you returning listeners, welcome back. If you're new to the show, we invite you to stick around a while. We invite you to subscribe on YouTube to like on Facebook, and to follow on Twitter. This is a twice-a-week Islanders podcast that takes place every Wednesday and Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We also cover the games live as long as they're not West Coast games. We do not cover games on Thursdays and Sundays. That's because we have a separate podcast called TJ and the Grumpy Old Man. It's a podcast where we talk all things sports, have a good time, and shoot the shit. You could find that podcast if you're interested Thursdays, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and Sundays, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You could find that in the link in the description below or as a featured channel there on YouTube. That's where you're able to find that as TJ and the Grumpy Old Man. Um, we will be having an abridged, weird schedule here going forward. Uh, I leave for... Why is that, pray tell? Why is that, pray tell? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to tell them. I, I'm leaving for the United Kingdom um, starting Friday. So we will be trying to go live at least once a week. Um, so I'll be there for two and a half weeks. So we'll be trying did to they, go live at least once a week over that time they, period. Did they kick you out of the, this country? They kicked me out of the States. They said, get your bags, get moving, get out of here. So he's ready to go. Yep. That's right. So, uh, yes, we will be, uh, we'll still be going live. Uh, we'll be a little bit different, maybe a little early. Won't be as long. The podcast 
just because the time difference is quite significant. And uh, I don't want to be podcasting till three, four o'clock in the morning, uh, UK time. So we will be still going live once a week. Keep your notifications on as to what day it is. I, I'll be honest with you, kind of just depends if, you know, we're trying to go on the Wednesdays and Saturdays, just kind of depends on where the Airbnbs are, if they've got good internet. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of factors in on this, but keep your notifications on. We're still going to be providing Islander content, even when we're in the United Kingdom. That being said, Grump, how are you feeling? We're now two days removed from the NHL trade deadline. Um, the Dadnoff trade did not go through today, which is an odd one. <laughs> whoop de doo I don't care. I'm defeated. I've been defeated. Well, I'm talking about when 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 you when we speak about you know incompetence when it comes down to NHL teams and management, how the hell he's got a 10, I think he had a 10 team modified, no trade clause. So those 10 or a 10 team modified, no move clause. I can't remember exact verbiage on it. I think it was, um, it's a 10 team. I'm sorry. 10 team, no trade list is what it is. And Vegas (laughs) trades in the Anaheim. Who's on that list. I thought, what their logic was or hoping they could slip it through the cracks was that um, that list was kind of nullified when he got traded from Ottawa to them. I I think that's kind of what their thinking was, or they were trying to say that he didn't submit a new list. That's an old list, whatever it it, long story short, it didn't work out for Vegas. Sorry. Embarrassing, right? I'd say it's embarrassing. Yeah, almost as embarrassing as not making a move when your team is terrible, uh, you know, and just afraid to make a move. Well, Phil's facts, Phil's but, facts, grumpy. Your favorite, Phil's facts. Phil's fiction. Phil, <laughs> Phil's fiction. He was he was messaging me about an idea an idea that he had regarding that. You know, the Islanders apparently the asking price was, and the, and Vegas was willing to give up if you took the full salary cap hit. They were willing to go ahead and give up. Um, I believe it was a first and possibly more is what NHL uh, NHL GMs had texted the members from the athletic. So, you know, apparently to take on that contract was something significant you would have received in return. Mind you, Dadnoff still had this year and one additional year under contract. So, you know, for the Islanders, right, you, you only have a few options. You could have maybe tried to trade him away in the offseason. I think Phil was saying the buyout was that it diminished a, a very, very, a, a very, very diminished value if you were to buy him out um, next season. It only counted like 600, like less than a million dollars against the cap hit. And you had options, apparently, but uh, it's nothing that we explored. Well, were we on the no trade list from Dadnov? I don't know. Well, it didn't I mean, matter. I, you you were, know, it's easy to say that. It's easy we, to say that. We, it doesn't matter if you were or weren't. They still traded Dadnoff to a team that was on his no trade list, so what, they what were they weren't regarding the no trade list. Um, I wouldn't have had a problem with that, honestly. He's over thirty. Seems like he fit. I don't even know if he could play. Does it matter? Half the guys who are over thirty on this team now can't play, and somehow they're getting big paychecks. If it got us an extra first round pick, eh, why not? What the heck? Yeah, so I don't know. It was uh, – I'm kind of come to terms with it. Uh, you know, I, I will say it was odd, and uh, I wanted to talk about this. I know we mentioned it during the live stream of the game yesterday. It was odd that Lou Lamarillo, not only did he address the media, he also had a one-on-one interview with Shannon Hogan the day after. 
Now, now let me ask you, Grumpy, and fans that follow the Islanders religiously, like the, the listeners of this podcast, how often do we hear or see Lou Lamarillo ever in the public eye, let alone twice in a matter of 24 hours on two different events that the team that the team went ahead and put out there? Uh, the answer is never. And you know who he reminded me of? Have you ever seen the movie A Night to Remember? No. It's, it's a movie that was, I think, released in 1951, really good, about the sinking of the Titanic. And uh, he reminded me of Captain Smith, who was the captain of the U.S., the, the Her Majesty's ship, the Titanic, speaking to the people. Everything is okay. It's going to be calm. Don't worry. Two and a half hours later, down in the Atlantic Ocean they went. That's what I feel that it was like. He's out there for damage control. Uh, it's not going to pay off. It's not going to work. Um, you know, actually, TJ, I did some homework assignment too, which we'll talk about later. Uh, but that's what it came out as. They gave him the fluff questions, which in essence was everything that you saw in the media the last couple of days, you know, crafted by the Islanders front office. And Shannon just kind of asked the same questions that have already been saying the loyalty factor, the belief in the team, all these things. It was, like I said, to me it was comical. And the fact that they actually brought Lou on there to talk for two intermission periods, fans are unhappy. That's why he's out there. I don't know if you noticed. You see his hand shaking a bit. I didn't notice that. I noticed he had like a horn growing out of the top of his head, though. I didn't notice that, but um, yeah. So when I think of, Lou I'm Lamarillo, not his thing. I'm not going to rip him if he's got a little shake. He's 80 I, years I, old. I, here's the thing, I, I, I'm just saying, right? You're I, so evil and cruel to pull no, Lou Lamarillo. It's not. When I see it again, people love pastors. I've loved. You can start to see people start to get that. And again, I'm, I'm no medical professional, but usually people at I don't know, Grump. It's not my field. I I think that this this was mishandled regarding the. Um, the trade deadline. I think that standing pat was not a good decision. I think we've gone in ad nauseum on. Um, but when I think of Lou Lamarillo, I can't remember who said it, but my God, this image <laughs> comes to mind right here. It's the buzzard. What, who's this guy? The buzzard? Yeah, I forget the name. Ah, oh, grumpy. Beaky the buzzard. Beaky the buzzard. That's that's exactly who I think of. Now, we have those clips. Oh, well, I just have a question. You know, maybe the reason he was shaky is because he'd been drinking a lot of coffee because he was nervous about going on the air with Shannon. So maybe, you know, he little jittery was a little nervous because he hasn't been on TV in forever. Here's I was about to say, I, more, more I was getting at was not the fact that he was old and slipping. It was more, again, like that maybe has a little bit to do with it. Sometimes when you get a little nerve, I mean, like sometimes when you get a little bit where like this is not something I do very often. Right, I don't speak and confront. I'm not saying he's no. Oh man, he shit in his pants. He's got to talk to Shannon Hogan. I'm just saying it's not in a situation. He's not in that situation all that often. He's not a guy who addresses the press all that much. And what he does most times, he's not holding the mic. Makes me wonder how nervous he is. Usually when he speaks to the press, very rarely do you see him hold the mic. He usually sits at the stable or table at the podium and he speaks in the mic. I always wonder what the hands do if he's a nervous guy like that when he speaks to the press. That's more what I was concerned or thinking about. Are we going to play those clips or not? Today. Yeah, no, we're gonna play. Okay, because then I'll comment them on them as they happen. Oh, because man. for me, what I got out of it is Lou scared of the woke generation, and we'll talk about it as as we listen to the things. 
I I don't I don't know how you gather that. I listen to the same clips. Winners and, and losers, buyers and sellers. No, 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 no. That's not him being afraid of the woke generation. That's him looking for an easy ass cop out. And he says, I can use the verbiage and the dialect that's used in today's lexicon, and I could go ahead and use that to get my little my little way to not actually have to answer no. a question. No, that's absolutely good. not. Okay. Absolutely not. We'll, we'll we'll listen to it. I don't think he's afraid of that. Um, but uh, you know. He sounds like he wants to appeal to 20-somethings when he won't even have any of them on his team. No need for that. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. Um, eh, well, I'll tell you this much. I, I, I'm not disappointed with the signing of Zach Parise. I wasn't. I, I, again, I still think you could have traded him away and got assets for him and brought him back to sign him. But uh, the, the, the cow clutterbuck. There's certain statements he made in the Shannon Hogan interview with Cal Clutter or about Cal Clutterbuck that – you know, he's a really solid bottom six forward who would be really tough to replace and could slide up and can slide up in our lineup at any time, intimating that he could play a top six forward line. He could be a top six right wing anytime. Anytime they need him to, he could whoop, be right put up into the top six. Like Leo Komarov. Oh, man. I, I wonder. I wonder how. I mean, how tough is it going to be for them to sell these season tickets upcoming? <laughs> They're going to raise prices. How tough is it going to be to fill the fill? Impossible. The Impossible. Like I said, you did nothing to improve your team at the trade deadline, and you had assets to move that would have been valuable, and you just chose not to do anything. I'm, you know, those are just facts. Those are just facts. A team that's in a death spiral. All of a sudden. We don't want to move guys for what reason? Because you want to give guys in their 30s another kick at the can? That can's down the drain. I'm sorry. You're not I thinking hear, that out. I hear, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, it, it is. I mean, we've gotten a lot out and talking about this over the last two days. And I, I don't think I would I would be more than happy to have anybody try to, you know, you know, um, or I'd have anybody try to go ahead and disprove or try to find laws and our logic on that i ladies and gents i've said it before and i'll say it again we're about to double down this offseason we are trading away assets young assets slash picks for more vets simple simple as that where people think we're going to be a younger team next year i i wouldn't be i mean would you be shocked if we signed back zidane ochara i seriously wouldn't be shocked at 45 years old if we brought him back for me, I don't think we're going to trade away draft picks. I can't. I, for the life of me, I cannot see that happening. I can't. Honestly, if that happens, that's a fireable offense. You can't. We have nothing in the minor league system, and you want to continue to just throw good money after bad? It's just dumb. Just dumb. Sorry. And mm. as good a GM as he was with the Devils, particularly early, not late. Talk to Devils fans now. They don't say, wow, we really miss Lou Lamarillo. No, he gutted that franchise and killed it because he kept the old guys around way too long, and they still haven't recovered. That's the path that we're on right now. They've had a lot of incompetence along the way, so don't completely blame and them. I, right? That's right. And at the end of Lou, at the end of Lou Lamarillo's tenure, it was him. His failure, his failure sent that team on the downward spiral that they still haven't recovered from. How long has he been? How long has he been uh, out as general manager of the Devils? A decade, Five, six, six years. Oh, more than that. Really? 
Yes. We pull it up. My gosh, Grump. Give me a sec as I pull that. Yeah, you can pull it up. That's fine. It's about six years. When was he in Toronto? 2015, 16? Is that when he was there? 2015 was his last year. Okay. That was his last year. That's correct. He's only been here four years. His last year. Then he went to Toronto for three years. Okay, so I was right. Okay. So there you go. And they still haven't recovered. Because guess what? When you have nothing in the minor league system and no draft picks, you get what you get. Your team gullies out. It bottoms out because all those guys are gone and you have nothing to fill it with. That's the path we're on right now. He had a chance to kind of blunt that. He really did. Had a chance to blunt it, but he chose not to. He chose to double and triple down on guys in their mid-30s. He thinks it's going to work. I guarantee you it won't. And we don't make the playoffs next year. What's the excuse then? They don't use excuses. What syndrome? They don't use excuses, Grump. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, to keep to keep this right, we're going to start off with a fun segment here first. The one that's going to make us happy, right? We've got to find a reason to be somewhat happy. Now, your favorite, Grumpy. Now, this was sent in by Phil's Facts, Grumpy. Your favorite, Simon Holmstrom, Grumpy old man. He's, I mean, I tell you, he's got eight points now in the last five games per Phil. And I want you to watch this little move. He's number 15. I want you to watch this. I mean, you, you think about reasons. Okay. What do we have in the cupboards, right? Atu Ratu is a guy who gets a lot of praise. And when you see movements like this and you Can, see Simon Holmstrom, are they playing at uh, UBS Arena? <laughs> Was it, I don't see anybody, any fans in the stands. I didn't know if they were playing in UBS Arena or not. Yeah, he's fucked up the delivery on that one, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> I mean, he look at the stick handling. Not bad. He goes ahead and drives. I, you know, I notice he won't shoot the puck. I noticed that passed out. Okay, who's he remind me of? Who's he remind me of? Matt Barzal will do something like that. He doesn't remind me of Matt. That's, Barzal. A Josh, that's Josh Bailey all over. That's well, Josh, Josh Bailey would never drive. Jo- okay, you really think Josh Bailey would ever drive into the right there? Whoop! Like that. Pass. Come on. Come on. Um, here's the thing. You know, I I hope I hope Simon Holmstrom works out. But this is. This is the portion, right? When you when we've doubled down, essentially, how are you going to know what Simon Holmstrom has? How are you going to know what's? How are you going to know what? How are you going to know what? Um, how are you know what Robin Sallow has? Well, he's going to sit down there in the minors for the entire rest of the year for in Bridgeport. I mean, how are you going to know what he can do if given a legitimate shot and given real NHL minutes? We can already say, yeah, Sebastian Ajo at best is a seventh defenseman. I'm talking about him. a good day, seventh defenseman. That's what he is. I mean, how are you going to be able to say what can what can uh, Robin Sallow bring to this team? If anything, is he a guy who could be in the lineup game in and game out? He's t- he's going to be twenty four, what twenty five years old next year. Is he a guy who can play every single night for us, or is he a guy who's a seventh defenseman or a good guy in Bridgeport? How are you going to know the difference if you cannot give him the chance? And and by saying, yeah, we're not trading away guys like Chara, and we're not trading away guys like Green, we're not trading away any of our defensemen. Well. Now you've just said, sit down in Bridgeport the rest of this year. Maybe you'll get a chance to start next year. I don't know. It's it's Again, you would like to say, we're not going to have to give you baptism via fire. You can go ahead and give him a chance to where the chips, you're playing on house money the rest of the season. You can give him a chance to play. But guess what? We're not going to see Robin Sallow up here the remainder of the season. So that's Unless a, a catastrophic injury happens. Right. So that's, let's, let's say that's a mistake. Why do you need Andy Green and Zdeno Char in the lineup at this point in time? 
You don't. That you can healthy scratch them every night. You can have them in practice working with Robin Sal, right? Because we couldn't move either one of those guys, as Lou said, because they were instrumental in the development of Noah Dobson. Well, wouldn't you like to have them pass that same knowledge on to Robin Sallow this last 20 some odd games so that he can soak up that knowledge that supposedly made Noah Dobson. It's not like Noah Dobson was super talented and actually given a legit shot to show his skill. No, no, no. It was because Zidane Ochara and uh, Andy Green, that was the reason why Noah Dobson is so good now. Okay, please. But okay, let's say that is the case. Fine. Let's say that's the case. Why would you not want to do the same thing for Robin Sallow? Why not? How is it harming him? I think it could only benefit him, right? Bring him up with the big team for the rest of the year and let Chara and Green alternate with one game on, one game off, and have them work with uh, Green or Chara. What's wrong with that to speed up his development? Isn't that what you kind of want from a 45-year-old and a 40-year-old? I would think so. Uh, all I'm going to say here is this, uh, apparently there's a rumor going around that Scott Mayfield is injured and may, may miss a lot of the, of the remainder of the season. I'm not seeing this verified by anybody like gross or anybody who's a big news outlet. So I'm not willing to say yes, that's been penciled in or not yet, but, um, apparently Scott Mayfield may be at the remainder of the season. Wow. I don't know when that would have happened. I mean, he scored the game-winning goal last night. Looked, you know, looked as great offensively as he has all year. Phil's Phil sources and Nicole, who are also on our show, are saying that he's going to be out for the remainder of the season, but expects to fully recover. I'm not seeing anything yet, so you know, in all likelihood, right? Maybe there is some truth and validity behind it. Usually, strength in numbers. So now Scott Mayfield's out the rest of the year. What grumpy? There's another excuse when we shit the bed in the end of the season because Scott Mayfield's out. Well, guess what? If one guy, if the bottom six defenseman is off your team and that's why you can't win any games, your team blows. Yeah, I, I tell you. And I, I, you know, I love Scott Mayfield. That will, be, that will be our excuse. It will be a mixture between we miss Scott Mayfield. He was so fantastic for this team. He eats so many penalty minutes. He eats so he's on the penalty kill. He's our number one penalty killer. And so without Scott Mayfield, our penalty kill numbers dropped. And that's why we had a terrible record towards the tail end of the season. It's like people can give me an excuse. Like I'm flipping through a freaking 82, an 82 page book. And every single page has a different excuse for the lack of production. But yes, maybe it'll be Scott Mayfield and maybe it'll be we played a really tough schedule and the guys gave up we're going to see a million excuses for the remainder of the season why we continue to play like shit against really good teams we've got some really freaking good teams on the schedule here coming up really good and don't be a guys there's nothing wrong with saying the other team's better than us how did we look last night against ottawa i know we won three nothing ottawa's brutal bad right brutal bad how did we look as a team how did we look did we look like we looked the first 50 games of the season and the game against Philadelphia right after they found out that no one was getting moved as a team? Or do they look like the guys who were scared they might get moved off the Islander Country Club team uh, and maybe going somewhere else for those, you know, eight, nine games, seven, eight, nine games? I'm, I'm just asking. To me, it looked like we did the first 50 games and then against Philadelphia. Not when we had our resurgence. Thanks for that there, Phil. Apparently, it was off of this slap shot that he took off the foot. Maybe he broke his foot again. Didn't he break his foot about four or five years ago? 
if I recall that correctly, he yeah, broke his foot. I, Not sure which one, but he broke his foot with a slap shot. So now maybe that same thing has happened again here. So shouldn't Robin Sallow already be up with the big team then? Wouldn't you think? He ha he played right defense, even though he's a left-handed defenseman, because we can't move any of the veterans to their offside. You know, another ridiculous thought process of mine. But let's put the young guy out there in an unfamiliar position and make him succeed. Okay, let's say they do that. No problem. I want to see Robin Sauer. I want to see if he's better now than he was, um, you know, around the All-Star break. Because I thought he was okay, but I didn't think he was quite there yet. But I want to see him the last 20 games of the year. Let's see if he's improved. No problem with that. Let him play with the big team. Let him learn from Chara and Green. I have no problem at all with that. That's the reason why you kept them. Mm. Mm -mm. So, yeah, I mean, like, okay, good. Hopefully we get to see some Robin Sallow. And again, you know, that's big if, if Mayfield's out the rest of the year. I'm Again, I haven't seen anything by Gross, haven't seen any moves done via the roster, but uh, maybe I haven't looked hard enough. I'll give it, you know, I, I maybe I haven't looked hard enough. This is just kind of, I just found out about this. I didn't, I wasn't on Twitter much here this morning, so, or this afternoon. So I didn't pick up on that news ahead of time. Um, that being said, Grump, yeah, this this year's trade deadline was underwhelming, woeful, and criminal criminally negligent. I think I think it kind of sums it up. By us not making any moves and saying let's stand pat, I think it's we've done true. we've done we, we made, we made the moves to re-sign back Cal Clutterbuck and Zach Parise. Okay. Making two moves to stand pat means one or two things. Next year when we have what looks to be inevitable doom knocking on a doorstep unless we make unbelievable moves this offseason. We have never done that yet under Lou Lamarillo, unless we make unbelievable additions and we're able to get rid of so many underperformers on this team and everybody steps up their game, right? We make the playoffs and we can have a shot at the playoffs. That's best case scenario. In all likelihood, what happens is we don't make the playoffs again next year. And now you've got Again, a year older, and now you've got all these contracts that you could have moved this offseason or this trade deadline for more value. You're going to be getting what would be about 75 cents for what would have been a dollar last year. You're going to think to yourself, oh, shit, we're kind of screwed. And the worst thing I fear is that we're going to double down this year in the offseason. We're going to trade away picks and young prospects, and we're going to do the same thing if we're in the playoff pitcher next year at the trade deadline. So we're going to give away picks this year in the offseason, in order to bring in one of those big-name players, we're going to give away picks again next year at the trade deadline for in the pitcher. And what's going to happen is we're going to come up just short, and then you're going to see Lou and Barry Trotz fade off into the sunset as both of their contracts expire, and they see what is the hollowed-out form of the New York Islanders. And it's not them who have to pick up the pieces. What I, what I worry about is it's the fans, you and I, that are going to have to really sit through some tough shit again. I'm worried and fear. I'm fearful and I've got worries that we are going to see something of the sort of the same of the same disastrous Islanders that we've seen in the past. Maybe not as bad, but you'll get that taste. It'll be like that taste of shit in your mouth. You'll be like, God almighty, why are we back here again? They could have prevented all this. I've been talking about the bad signings of guys in their 30s for how many years now? We just continue for just average guys. No one who's got any special ability or special talent, just average players. And they just, they were afraid to move on from these guys. 
And that's a Lou Lamarillo hallmark throughout his career. I will. Uh, okay. Give them at least respect. Up until this point, in the last two years, in the last three years, I've been all aboard. You can't argue with the results. And here's the thing. What were the results? What were the results? We came in fourth in the division. Hold on. Hold on. I want me to give you the results. You're going to, and don't jump all over it, but here's the results. We were a team that had playoff success. We didn't win a Stanley Cup, but we were successful relatively in the playoffs compared to other teams. That was the result. And here's the thing. When you see that, I'm willing to say, okay, let's see how we can improve upon it. But right, we have said we all everybody this offseason was in agreement that this is an older team. We, when it happens, are going to fall and we're going to fall hard and fast. Now, when we fall this season, why are people so quick to make every excuse under the sun to defend why this fall is not the actual that it's actually the downfall of the Islanders? This is the downfall we were talking about. Right. We were all on board. Right. And again, Grumpy was always thinking, hey, the fall was coming sooner than I thought. And uh, most fans, too. I thought we still had a chance to compete for a cup, still had a chance, still had a chance. I liked what we had done in the past. Right. We were right on the precipice, knocking on the doorstep. We needed to make additions and we needed to go ahead and change up a little bit of the structure of the team. But we all thought when the team would take a drop down, it would be a steep, hard and fast one. Why is this? drop that we've seen this year why do we think that that's an anomaly and it's not related to the steep hard and fast drop that we all expect no will come uh i expected it i had a plan where you could have blunted a little bit they chose not to take that plan it's there's dark times ahead well Just going I, into the I'm, asking, I'm asking real quick question i, I want you to make i didn't know there, i didn't know there was a question you went on so long i don't know if you asked me if i literally ended it with a question i ended it with the question of why do people think when we were all in agreement this offseason that this fall is not related to the decline of the islanders and that this is more of an anomaly and we're going to bounce back we all again were in agreement that when this team falls off they're going to fall off the freaking cliff and it's going to be hard and fast we didn't know when it would happen but why do we say that this drop of production is not that fall? Why are we all so quick to say it, that this it. fall is not the not the fall? Okay. Because they want to believe. They want to believe that the Islanders still have a chance. Most Islander fans who are, you know, younger than I am, have never seen a winning team. They've never seen a team make the playoffs, really. You know, maybe the occasional one or two when Tavares was here. But, you know, hey, they consider advancing to the Eastern Conference Finals, man, that's a success. Hey, maybe we can get back to the Eastern Conference Finals and get rolled again. Eh, Carolina's in your division now. That ain't happening. I mean, pe the Penguins are in your division. That's not happening. Uh, the Rangers, all of a sudden, look like a team. I still think we could beat them, but don't tell me that, that we're better off than they are. We're not. Washington, everyone keeps uh, predicting their demise. You know what? They're 20 points better than we are. I mean, people want to believe. You want to believe that your team could be a competitor and win a Stanley Cup or make a good deep playoff run. Like I said, the numbers don't lie, though. They just don't lie. I, I, I did a little just eyeballing contracts that are signed for the next four years. I thought it's, I think it's kind of telling. Next year, this is using cap-friendly. We have 18 players signed. I'm just going to say guys who are on our big roster. I'm not talking about minor leaguers. I'm not talking about 
guys who are going to be re-signed like Noah Dobson this year. I'm just saying as of today, snapshot, 18 players are signed for next year. 11 of them are going to be 30 or over. 11. Seven are going to be under 30. Of that 11 uh, that are over 30, I'm going to break down the forward group. 13 forwards signed. Nine of them over 30 years old. How are you going to add to that group when you just re-signed two mid-30-year-old and late-30-year-olds to contract extensions? That means their spots are now guaranteed. Casey Zizika's spot, guaranteed. Kyle Palmieri, guaranteed. Anders Lee, guaranteed. Josh Bailey, guaranteed. You can't even move these guys. Brock Nelson, guaranteed. He's performed. But what I'm saying is, he's over 30. These guys are all over 30. How are you going to improve your team when you keep on signing guys to your forward group that hasn't produced in years, years, and expect success? It's just confusing for me. But then let's go to 23-24, right? Ah, next year, you know, that's a write-off. You know, hey, we're going to bounce back. going to be great. 13 players are signed for 23 and 24. 11 are 30 and over at that time. Two under 30. It seems like we're going in the wrong direction. That's just me. Call me crazy. 24-25, eight players signed. Eight will be over 30 at that time. Nobody under 30. Once again, it's a snapshot. It will be, be so easy to trade all of those contracts away because we've done it all the time in the past because every time we see a bad contract, like we can identify with Josh Bailey right now and we can identify so many of the bad contracts. We're able to trade all of those away with no issues, Grumpy. You didn't know that? With no issues, we can trade those away. And the last one, I'll just do 26-27. Six contracts signed, all over 30. Every player will be over 30. When you keep on signing players in their 30s to long-term deals, this is what you get. And they're all making money. They're all making like four and a half, five million dollars a year. How do you expect your team to be able to get better? You have to move some of these guys out, but you keep on giving them no trade clauses and no move clauses. Who are you left to move? That's why we're forced to move somebody like Anthony Bavillier. That's why I make the suggestion: okay, if you want to get better, you got to move Scott Mayfield. Or you got to move Brock Nelson. Why? Because they have no protection. Everybody else has protection. I don't understand why Lamarillo's done these things myself. I, I, if you're so loyal to your older players, and he has been overly loyal in my opinion, why do you have to give him no trade clauses? He went on this big long diatribe last night how you know loyalty means something, my word means something. Well, then why do you need to give him no move clauses and no trade clauses if your word means so much? Because you're afraid you're going to be gone and you still want to be protecting these guys when your career is over? Why? Because that's that's his word, Grumpy. He promises it. I, I tell you this. And 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 the talk about the anomaly, I wanted to get back on that one. But the one more time I'll hit on it. Because then we'll go ahead and bring up the the interview with Shannon Hogan. Um, and man, I tell you, sometimes Shannon, I was walking around the neighborhood. That's where I found the snapping turtle, the little snapping turtle that I wanted to make as the team mascot. I had nothing to store it in, a little tiny one. It fits in the palm of your hand. Um, but uh, my wife, she was like, man, I said, that girl is really doing a lot to lead the answer <laughs> for, for the person she's interviewing. Again, she doesn't watch the hockey. I mean, it's pretty obvious. But anyway, and again, that's, that's Shannon's job, though. I'm not, 
not on the flight chain in any way, shape, or form. But I want to get back to the anomaly that is this season. You could sell me on maybe an excuse or two over a 20-game stretch. Maybe, you know, 10 to 20-game stretch. I, I'm with you. I can understand that. 30 games, you start to lose me. 40 games, no freaking way. 50, 60 games, no, I'm sorry. I mean, you at that point, right, you are what your record says you are. It's it, it's. <laughs> Why are we so prone and apt to give the team so many excuses instead of looking for deficiencies that this team may have and saying, that's a glaring hole, and I think that could be a problem going forward? Why are we unwilling as a fan base? I'm not talking about the general manager. General manager can do what the hell he wants. He doesn't give a shit about us, to be quite frank. He cares about how many fannies are in the seat. He cares about what your perception is on the team. I don't think he gives a shit about us. But because um, guess what? If he did care about us, he wouldn't be grossly neglecting the future of this team as well with what he's going to do. Because trust me, the dark is going to come. <laughs> but, you know, I, I wonder. I wonder to myself. How quick, how quick we are to make excuses instead of saying there may be issues. But I want to, I want to go ahead and bring up Grumpy. I'll let you respond to it. But I'm going to go ahead and bring up some uh, the clips and uh, from Lou Lamarillo's uh, interview yesterday. The sit down, the two part sit down with Shannon Hogan. The two I, intermission sit down with Shannon Hogan. Yeah, I'm interested. Oh man, um, Grumpy. Now these these are submitted by Grumpy. So sorry if the the video is not fantastic, but I'll I'll let the you. Conversations going around with the trade. Where are the pictures? I need to see the pictures. Grumpy, this one. Okay, I want you guys to imagine. I'll paint the picture. You're zooming in on Shannon's nose to her shirt, and you're not including Lou on this one, Grumpy. So you've got to forgive me. Started, it was that was how it started. There's one where Lou had a horn growing out of the top of his head, which I found disturbing. Okay, Grumpy. Anyway, we're not going to bother with that. We'll let you listen. It's listen. Listen time. Deadline for the New York Islanders. What did you see from your team over the last couple of weeks that made you comfortable with standing pass? Pause. Well, first. Okay. Again, you know that question was submitted by Lou, told Lou Lamarillo, told her what to write. So you're telling me what you saw over the last two weeks, you disregarded the whole rest of the season, and you saw us playing shitty teams and beating crap teams and still getting beat by good teams, by the way, owned by them. Uh, yeah, I was about to say, and here's the thing. The NH, even if you're the most optimistic fan in the history of the Islanders fan, I'm an optimistic fan, generally speaking. If you're the most optimistic fan in the history of the Islanders, in the history of the Islanders fan base, right, you could say, oh, we're going to ignore everything before the NHL trade deadline. Or we're going to ignore everything before the NHL All-Star break. I love how they say the last two weeks. We're not going to include because right after the NHL All-Star break because we sucked ass after that point, too. It wasn't until the last two weeks that we started to perform. So we're going to zoom in and say, I'm not going to take the full picture and aspect into account we're not even going to take from the nhl all-star break on we're going to look at this microscopic two-week window and say we're the best i remember when the buffalo sabers started off the season what with seven wins in a row i think the sabers fans should just look at that two-week window to determine how they were, how their season was going to go yeah for me you want to know why they said the last two weeks that's when anders lee and Brock Nelson and Josh Bailey started taking off a little bit because I guarantee you they went into the room and said, you guys don't pick up your damn play. You're going to get traded. That's what's going to wind up happening. We're going to break this damn team up. They don't want to break up the country club. 
They love it. that There's no responsibility. You don't have to win. You just have to show up, Josh Bailey. Okay? So all of a sudden, for two weeks, they perform. Okay. Let's get back oh, to let's get back. Well, uh, we have, as you said, been playing, I thought, well uh, over the last couple of weeks. And you look back with all the turbulence that we went through, but no excuses. No. Uh, it's really the first time we've had our group together. as a group shit. For a Liar. Okay. Okay, Grumpy. If we want to get to the damn thing, if we want to get liar. to the thing. He's a liar. He's lying. You're trying to tell me you didn't have the, the whole, whole team together back, what, one injury? Except for the last two weeks? He's so full of shit, he's lying. He's a liar. Ryan Pulak was such an integral part of this team's success. If we lose Ryan Pulak or Pelic or anybody off our roster who liar. starts, we're going to be miserable. Liar. Continue. Okay, you're going to be. You're going to have to control yourself. Okay. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go with what I go with. Time, uh, but in in saying that, uh, you know, we looked at our team. Uh, we've been happy with it from day one. I could say maybe you could argue we were happy with the team. At the beginning of the season, but then you say, "Well, I haven't liked the way they perform, so maybe, maybe not happy." I'm sorry. It's I'll let it continue, but that's crazy. Uh, and we have to give it an opportunity right now to see exactly who we are uh, for the rest of the season. It's the same freaking team he's had for four years. The same team, the same exact team for four years. When I same hear a, when I hear a comment like that, we have to see what we who we really are the rest of this season. What are you trying to tell me? If we don't pass the sniff test and get skunked the rest of the year, there's going to be massive overhaul and we're going to trade away all the veterans. Or are you telling me that that's just a BS line of excuse to buy more time for the fan base? There we you go. What we are for the rest of the year, and then after this year, man, we need to we need to get focused. We need to make a few adjustments. We're going to get all headed in the right direction. You know, we're going to make sure we're pointed as an arrowhead. We're going to go smooth right through that armor. Come on, please. A player, obviously, that would make a lot of teams better around the NHL. I know there was a lot of conversation of teams wanting him. What made you decide it was important to give him a contract extension at this point in the season? Talking about Cal Clutterbuck. Well, I sat down with each and every one of the uh, free agents a week to 10 days ago Why? and talked to them about their situation uh, and asked them what their thoughts were. Uh, in Cal's situation, uh, he would have liked to have stayed. Uh, he said but he wanted to understand that uh, he did if he did. Grumpy, we can't hear you when you speak while you're speaking. Get okay. Uh, here's the thing. I like to say it as it comes up because why would he want to leave? Why would he want to leave? He's got a great year. All the Islanders have a great year. They all live in the same community. They all share a pool together. I mean, hey, they all, you know, they all, uh, you know, they go to the same, they drink the same beer in the same bar every night. You know, whatever. Continue. Go ahead. In time, if that was the thought. Uh, but a player like him, you have to replace. Uh, and it's very difficult to replace that type of player. Uh, he's a bottom six forward that it can be moved up uh, on any occasion and help. So we felt. So implying he's a bottom six forward, Cal Clutterbuck, that can be moved up to play top six minutes at any time. That's how valuable Cal Clutterbuck is. Didn't Austin Jarnack do that earlier in the year and looked really good? Yes, he did. Well, bottom, you know, don't think about him. Don't remember Austin Zarnak's success here before we waved him and he got picked up and then waved again. Don't remember the success he had and how good he looked in his short window. Don't remember that. Forget about that. Just remember Cal Clutterbuck. We've signed him back. How valuable he is. Just remember Matt Martin. We need to sign him to that huge extension. We need to keep playing him every night, too. 
I will say he's been the best player on the absolutely woeful underperforming fourth line this year. Yeah, Cal Clutterbuck has been the best player on the fourth line. But that doesn't say much because that line has absolutely blown out loud. Keep going. Okay. If we could get the right term and the right dollar, uh, that it was the right thing to do, and it worked out for both of us. Zach Parisi has been with the Islanders organization now for almost a year. What have you seen from him? Stop. Stop. He's been here since freaking November. That's not almost a year, Shannon. That is not almost a year. That's six months. Six months is almost a year when you round up. And a year when you round up is almost a year and a half. Almost a year. Rounding up to three years and then almost five a years. Year. Almost a year. No, no, he's not been here almost a year. Go ahead. Well, he signed in the offseason. So he signed, what, in July? So I don't know. His contract, his, contract, his contract wasn't officially set until the first week of training camp. They oh, were in training oh, camp, and they didn't even mention it. He wasn't even on the ice to start with because he hadn't officially signed the contract. Okay. But like I said, why quibble with the bullshit answer like almost a year? We started in October, Grumpy. So not November, October. October a good fit. Room, a good fit on the ice, and that you wanted to have him for another season. Well, I'll go back to when we spoke to him. Uh, he had opportunities to go other places. Why? And we talked about uh, having maybe uh, a two-year uh, contract coming into this year. And then, it, you know, the way it ended up was that let's let's have a look from both sides. Uh, and if we're both happy at a given time, uh, then we'll do the second year. And when we spoke to uh, Zach, he was extremely pleased with the way his season went. Uh, unfortunately, you know, the points weren't there. At Hold on. Can we talk about that? He was extremely pleased with the way his season went. Now, I'm going to let you know something. I'm going to let you in on a little tidbit. Real competitors, guys who really want to win a cup, they're not happy. When the team's not doing well, they give a shit how well they do as an individual. They're not happy. Maybe he misspoke. Well, Maybe no, he no, no, no. personal success, unhappy with the team's success. But guys in general, real competitors, aren't happy at all when the team's losing. Not at all. Real competitors are pissed off. They're not, they can't even think about their personal accolades and say, we fucking suck. Well, I'm pissed to have high heavens about that. What was the reason why he was benched in Minnesota? Do you remember? Because he couldn't handle getting demoted, his ice time cut, and him demoted from the front first line. So he had a little hissy fit, and they benched his ass. He didn't like it. That Once again, exactly what you said, TJ. It's about him, him, him. And I think he's played extremely well for us this year. But he he's has. not a winner. He has. And I have. Uh, here's the thing. I have no issue at all. I like re-signing back Zach Parise. I'm just saying generally competitors aren't happy when the team sucks ass, doesn't matter what they're doing. When you ask Connor McDavid how his team is, if they don't make the playoffs, he's not like, oh, man, I'm happy that I'm over here leading the NHL in points or, you know, in the in years past. He's not saying that. He's like, holy shit, I, I, I don't know what we need to do to get this team to start winning games. I don't know what else I need to do to help be, you know, be a more productive member on this team. They're not worried much about personal accolades, but I'm, I'm going to continue. I'm, I'm, I'm being nitpicky, and I apologize. I am. I know I am beginning but he was still playing good minutes for very similar to uh cal can be put in a bottom situation a penalty killer but can be moved up uh and it, i value those type of players uh, uh because each and every night you can count on them so that worked out and we're delighted with that Austin, is it important for you to keep both of your dynamic goaltenders <laughs> well i i think it's uh, an understatement to say how important goaltending is and also how they have been since they've been here. 
uh, you look at the success the one each and every one of them had, how they've accepted their role, um, how they support each other, and how much uh, Volley certainly has helped in the growth of maturity of Ilya. Uh, and you, when you have a tantrum like that, uh, you know you, you don't want to get it, give it up. Don't make- so that was the first little. That was the first part. Of How that. many years do you need someone to hold Ilya Sorokin's hand? How many years? So it's going to be three years. Three years. How do you think Ilya Sorokin feels when he's the unquestioned starter, by the way, and he's only getting a 50-50 uh, split of games when he's obviously the number one goalie and he makes less money than the, his backup? How do you think that makes him feel? Maybe you should have moved him because what do you want to do, piss off Sorokin when he can leave as being an unrestricted free agent? Is that what you want to do? Yeah, I wonder if they sat down and asked him how he felt about that. Ask him a little bit about his feelings. Yeah. Hey, uh, yeah, we're going to keep uh, – we know you love Varley. Volley. Volley, he called him. You know, <laughs> he's from Boston area, so we don't pronounce our Oz. He said, Volley, nice to have him there. You know, supporting Sorokin, Ilya, supporting him because, you know, yeah, we didn't ask him how he felt to make less money or play less games, but we got good goaltender situation. All right, we're going to get back to it because we got a few more of these grumpies, so we're going to get back on track. Okay, you said something really interesting yesterday, um, talking to the rest of the, of the media. What is it about the phrase buyers and sellers? Why don't you like it? And and can you share a little bit of your thoughts? He has a grin on his face. When he's I'm woke, Lou. I'm woke, Lou. No, it's not. It's okay. Listen, Why? You can't sell. Sell human Stop. beings. Stop. Listen. Listen to what I he heard said. exactly what he said. Remember, I videoed it for you. Oh, man. So I just want you to oh, is it going to show the maybe? OK, Grumpy, I'm sorry. It's not actually going to show the image. I apologize. I tried. I tried everything I could to show uh, his little smirk. He had a little bit of a smirk when he when she brought this up. But I'll let you listen to it on that surrounding the trade deadline. Well, my reason for that is I think it's uh, their words of disrespect to the player and the organization that they would be put, in, put into a situation because of maybe where the team is at, uh, that uh, they would be part of somebody buying them and also somebody selling them. They're people also. And I am from the school of, that you have to respect the person uh, and how you respect the person oh, and how you talk about them and how you treat them. And I don't think those are good words for that. They're transactions as far as I'm concerned uh, that make a team better. Uh, on both sides, uh, whether they're in the playoffs or they're going for the Stanley Cup. Newsflash here, Lou. I, I understand you don't like the way that's phrased. And, and here's the thing. You want to talk about a softball-ass question. There are so many questions to ask Lou Lamarillo about the future of the team, what sort of you know additional moves. And she asked, like, hey, what type of moves are you thinking about? He kind of beats around the bush, and he just answers in platitudes. We can improve everyone. We can improve all offense. We can improve our forwards. We can improve our defense. I'm just saying there's so many questions to ask, and you ask him about how he doesn't like the words buyers and sellers at the NHL trade deadline. Yeah, okay, because guess why? You need to love the players, too. We love them. We don't treat our player like, in other words, saying we don't that treat them like assets. We treat other, them like- treat, other teams treat their players like slaves. In other words, is what or other saying. people treat the other people treat their players just as transactional items. Well, here's the thing: they're just Lou. assets. Here's the thing, Lou. They are just assets. That's called business. Here's and the thing: you are a businessman. You're a general manager. Don't just say that. He. Mm. Here's the thing, right? Guess what? 
They're not working for free. They negotiated contracts with you, and they get paid millions of dollars. Millions and millions. Grumpy, come on. You had an easy one. That was an easy pop. Millions and millions of dollars. Okay. Here's the thing. It's not like they're working for free, but he's trying to make it sound like if you say those things, you're talking about slavery, the buying and selling of players. That's exactly what he sounded like to me. Okay, you're okay. You're fucking nuts. I don't know what else to tell you. I don't you. care. You know what? That's exactly what it sounded like to me. Exactly how it sounded to me. Look at us. We treat everyone as people. He did say, like, look at us. We treat everybody as people, not as assets. Let's bring in blind people, have them out there skating on the ice because we want to give everybody a chance. All I want is the best athletes on my team. I want the best players. I don't care about anything else. I don't care that you made a promise. I want the best team possible. We got a lot of these still to go through. Don't need to jump ahead. We're going to get to them. They, you'll have your time to shine on that one, Grumpy. Had to overcome from the start of the season with the schedule to COVID. Listen, this is the one that, that Paige was like, man, it sounds like she's leading him with an answer here. I'll let you listen to it from scratch again so everybody can yeah. hear. I'll make sure I'll bump the volume up too. Come from the start of the season with the schedule to COVID injuries and whatnot. How important... Okay, can we break that one by one down for for Shannon? And again, Shannon doesn't create these questions. No. I have no ill will towards Shannon at all. No, the people all. say, read these questions to Lou. You know, you're very personal, et cetera. <laughs> How do they deal with the schedule? Well, that the schedule is what it is, right? You played 13 games on the road over a month-long span or a month plus. You went back home multiple times throughout that road trip. How did you deal with COVID? Every single freaking team in the NHL had players out at one point or another that were a part of their active roster with COVID this year. Every fucking team, every team, every single team. And how'd you deal with injuries? We lost one player for a substantial time, one player for more than a month, Ryan Bullock. Other than that, you had a few guys out for a week two weeks. Ryan Pulak was out for a little over, he was supposed to be out for, you know, six to eight weeks. He was out there for what, like, uh, would you say 10, 10, 11, 12 weeks? He was the only injury, substantial injury. I don't, even, I don't even care about any of that. Here's what I, here's, here's the thing that I got out of it. It's BS. It, exactly. But here's yeah. the thing. For a team that says, we don't want to make excuses, man, they roll this out every chance they get. And then they roll it out. So, oh, there's the excuse. And then Luke could say, well, we're not making excuses. Okay, then why even asking the question? Every single interview they do, they ask him that question because it's fed to them. This is what you roll out there. So Lou says, well, we don't make excuses. You know, oh, this and that and the other thing. What about this? That? Oh, we don't make excuses. But they put it out there. Every single time they can't help but roll that excuse out. Lou, Lou doesn't have to make the excuses because they're going to have somebody else put the excuses out there for him and then he could take right. the high ground and say oh no that's right you know all those things have happened I'm we surprised don't make I excuses i honestly i, I don't, I don't make excuses no that buck stops here no excuses for me honestly, but yes you can ask those questions honestly after this interview i'm surprised i didn't see a halo over lou's head during this because he come off as just like you know the second coming of jesus people aren't where people are people for us we don't make excuses. Everything is great. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, come on, please. Everything's fed. They they write the questions. They write the excuse question for him to deny. They all do it. He and Trotz, they've been doing it all year long. Okay. We're going to get back to this one here. Has it been to have the coaching staff that you've had and the veteran leadership from the core of this group that maybe other teams, if you didn't have that, would have just gone completely off the rails? 
I think that uh, there's no question that that was the most important thing that we did have was the uh, type of group that we have as a coaching staff, the maturity and the experience in all of them. Uh, what, Grumpy? What? Has this the team not gone off the rails this year? Has this team not gone off the rails? If you let him answer, you will actually then be able to make that response because he hasn't said that yet because you jumped the well, gun. But she but asked the question. She said that she, what her question was, without these things, don't you think this team would have went off the rails? His answer should have been, yeah, the team even went off the rails with that, if you're telling the truth. Um, individually and collectively, and as far as our players, the maturity that they have, uh, but they've shown the resilience over the last few years to go through the bubble and, you know, going from one situation to another. So we never worried about that. Uh, uh, what our concern was when we did play was the inconsistency that we had throughout the season uh, that really uh, we have to find answers for why we give up and have given, uh, which we haven't done recently, goals at the end of a period the way we did or at the beginning of a, of a game. So we have to get some reasons for some of that transpiring um, and get the confidence. And I and I don't like that word confidence either, because I think that, uh, you know, you're a professional athlete. You should come ready to play each and every night. And if you prepare the right way, it might not work out that way. Anders Lee, I don't want to hear shit about your confidence, Anders Lee. We don't care about the confidence factor. I'm sorry. I'll let you listen to it. I'm sorry. Jump the gun. Night, uh, but you're ready to play. Okay. So, again, it's a little different with the injury, but still. Okay. I, he, doesn't, he doesn't want to hear it's about not it. different with the injury. You realize NFL players come back from ACLs in nine freaking months. This guy's been out for a year and a freaking half, and he picks it up two weeks before. How did he play the last two games? He's looked like absolute dog shit. He got injured in March. Uh, it's been taking about a full year. About a full year. But here's the thing. doesn't take hockey players as long to recover. Nowhere near as long. ACL surgeries, and it does. And he's uh, played the whole year. He picks it up for two weeks. After they read on the riot act, then all of a sudden nothing's going to happen. All of a sudden, the last two games, he's gone back to being the piece of dog shit he's been the whole year. He's put up points. I could points. care less. I watch him skating back and playing defense or forechecking. When he's not doing that, he's useless to me. I look at his whole game, not standing in front of the net. Okay, that's what I look. It's noticeable when he does it right. It's noticeable. You mentioned yesterday that hockey trades may be needed to make this team better. Where do you see room for improvement, just looking at what you have on this roster right now? Well, I, I don't think that we could improve uh, in our goaltending, in my opinion. And I misspoke on that one last night. When I was reading I the closed caption, he said, I don't think we can. So I misread the closed caption. Uh, but yes, goaltending is good. I agree with that. I do agree with that, Lou Lamarillo. Goaltending is fine. No issue with the goaltending. I think that uh, at defense and forwards, you can always improve. You can always upgrade your team. It's at what cost? You have to make sure that any addition that you make, uh, when you make a hockey trade, the subtraction, you have uh, a player to fill that hole. And, and Did we have a player to fill Devontae's hole? Could you remind me of that, Islander fans? Did we nope. have somebody to fill Devontae's hole? Okay. I just wanted to check in on that one. That's the most important thing. Uh, our Going into this trade uh, deadline, we thought we would end up where we were unless something you know, dropped that we were, we couldn't say no to. And uh, that did not happen. Uh, we're comfortable where we are right now. We're comfortable. I like how he said this, right? We're not satisfied where we are. We're comfortable where we are, though, today. We're not satisfied. Points out of a playoff spot. We're comfortable being 20 points out of a playoff spot. We're comfortable where we are. We're not satisfied. Sixth in our division. We're comfortable with that. Like I said, comfort. That whole organization is about comfort. 
Comfort and satisfaction are somewhat synonymous, but I'll, I'll, you know, let it play out. But now what we have to do is just go out and perform where we think and feel our capabilities are. So answers and platitudes, we can improve offense and defense. We can improve our forwards and defending. Okay. Yeah. Terrific. We need improvement everywhere. Well, okay. Fair enough. A, a non-answer answer for the use. That's what most general managers do. I'm not going to fault Lou for that. No general manager tells you exactly what they're going to do. They just don't. Two longtime NHL veterans on your team and Andy Green and Zdeno Chara. Did they express to you that they wanted to stay with the New York Islanders through the rest of this season? And if so, what does that say about the group that you have here on Long Island? Yeah, those, that's a great question. Uh, uh, a great question. I wrote it myself. <laughs> that's a great question. It. I wrote it myself, Shannon. Here's the thing. Somebody in, in the executive, one of the hockey executives, has somebody who says, okay, type, write me these questions, shoot me an email so I can make sure I give the green thumbs up before you ask them to Lou. And Lou You're made- wrong. You're wrong. Tommy can tell you. He dug through the trash can. You know, he's the janitor for the Islanders. <laughs> and he dug through the trash, and he saw in Lou's thing, uh, formulating the question about Char and Parise. And, you know, he saw a couple of papers in there thrown out because the wording wasn't right. That's why he said great question, because he wrote it himself. Hey, that's a great question, Shannon. I wrote it. I'm glad you got that one in. Oh, okay. It's been thrown around quite a bit as far as loyalty and so forth. But in their situation, when they came here, uh, we certainly asked them to come here. They had other opportunities. And they Lies. To us. Lies. Lies. Okay. Why would they lie? Why are they lies? Because they signed for vet freaking minimum. They signed for vet minimum. He may say that there's other teams that were offering vet minimum, and out of all the teams offering the vet minimum, he decided out of the four teams maybe that offered them vet minimum, they chose the Islanders. And again, it wasn't like for Char, right? He only wanted to play in the Northeast, so maybe he had an offer from Calgary, and maybe he had an offer from the L.A. Kings, teams he would never go to. But out of all the teams that offer him, he chose the Islanders. I mean, what, an ECF, what, Bridgeport offered him? Or Springfield offered him? Were if for whatever reason something did not work out, uh, they would not want to go somewhere, or, or we would have a conversation about it. Uh, and I did have those conversations prior. And whenever you give your word to something, uh, I don't look at that as loyalty. Uh, it's it's your commitment. Uh, your word is something you can never change. There's a difference. Uh, loyalty is something that everyone should have, but it should never be get in the way of progress or be sort of taken advantage of but when you your word and loyalty should never get in the way of progress and where is the loyalty to the fan base what good does andy green have right we say oh he's doing a lot to help progress and help teach noah dobson how to be a professional here's the thing play with them all year no no, i'm I'm sorry i'm talking about i'm talking about char on that one yeah char has helped noah dobson progress no doubt about it. I don't doubt that at all. Yes. And it's valuable for him to spend time with with a char to spend time with Noah Dobson. Here's the thing. I, I agree. <laughs> I agree. Can I can I tell you why I agree though, real quick? Yeah. Because he's had to play two defense positions at one time, and that does improve his uh defensive acumen without a doubt. Here here's the thing too. Johnny Boychuk is still a part of the team, right? Still, still part a of coach. Him. He's still a coach in some capacity. I don't know. If Lou's got so much pull and loyalty, maybe Lou can bring Zidane Char in as a coach next year. I mean, like, right, if we want to still keep him around. I, I, people always 
poo-pooed the idea of, oh, it's not worth going against your word for a fifth or a sixth round pick. That's not worth breaking your word or commitment. I, here's it's a business. A, it's a business. It is a business, a win business. I'm not saying be slimy. And and here's the thing. Do you think, seriously, if you pitched it to Andy Green and Zidane Char and said, okay, Andy, how many years you you plan on playing? I know through a lot of those time periods for the Devils, right? You were on some bad Devil teams towards the end. I know you've had a few chances with us. We want to make sure we can try to send you out on top. We, we've got an offer for a six I hate when you say this. I hate when you say this because when I say it about other players, you just, ah, no, we're not talking about that. It's the same thing. Hold on. It's different for a player who's 39 or 44 years old who has got one year left maybe in the tank, and it's different for a guy who's 31 years old in Andersley. Andersley's going to play for many more years. It's different for a guy who's got one year left in the tank. I think it's an easier sell to a guy who literally has this may be his last year or he's got one more year left in the tank. If we had Travis Zajac, let's say Travis Zajac didn't want to leave the Devils. Well, hey, Travis, we want to go ahead and give you an opportunity and option to try to win a cup before you leave, right? You're going to retire maybe at the end of this year. We want to give you a chance to win one more cup or win a cup. It's easier to sell to a guy who's literally retiring or in the process of retiring, but we'll continue. And here's the thing. I'm not saying be slimy. I'm not saying be, be, you know, underhanded to these players. I'm not saying blatantly lie to them, but you know, why are you making such a strong? Why do you, here's the other thing. Why do you need to make the commitment that we're not going to sell you? Right. We talk about how much that he wanted to come here to the Islanders. What was it all completely uh, dependent on you, your word of saying we're not going to sell you? Are you trying to tell me you did, you had to throw that leverage chip out there that, hey, come to us and don't go to don't go to uh, the Washington Capitals again. Come back to the Islanders. Come to the Islanders because we're not going to trade you away if things go bad. Right. If Washington things hit the rocks, maybe, maybe you're going to trade you away. You have my word. We're not going to trade you away. Was that really a bargaining chip when you're negotiating a deal in the offseason that you had to throw out there? Was that really something you had to do? Why did that even need to be brought up in discussion? It didn't because he's lying. That's, that's oh, It doesn't need to be brought up in discussion. It doesn't need to be used if you're trying to bargain for a guy who's 44 years old and 39 years old to come join your team on a vet minimum contract. It doesn't need to be thrown out there as a little extra little a whipped cream on top to get him to come to you. You didn't even a, need to have that conversation, so you could have traded him if you were smarter in the offseason too. The reason is, fans, we are such good people. And they are good people. But yeah. you know what? It's like fans, we're such good people. We treat everyone so well. We're so loyal. Love us. Even though we're not making any moves and our team's going to blow, love us. But think about it. That's who Islander fans are. That's exactly who Islander fans are. Loyal. Yes. No freaking, no freaking bleeding of the color. I mean, there's the colors don't run. The, the fandom and the support of the Islanders never runs. If you're a fan, you're ultimately loyal to this team. You've stuck yeah. it out through some real shit. So how do they appeal to you? PR 101, right? Every single one like of these. There's no bandwagon Islander fans. How do you appeal to them? Isn't loyal. Just to, like you. Just like you. We're loyal. Don't talk to me like I'm stupid. Okay? That's, that's the thing that drives me crazy. I'm not stupid. You can't, exactly what it is. PR 101. You can't fool me when you make these idiotic statements like this. I see right through all of it. And here's the thing, smart fans do. But you know what a lot of fans, you know, hey, we're fans, we're Islander fans. They just want the team to be good. So do we. We're just a little bit more vocal about it. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, but I, I'm telling you, PR 101. Islander fans are loyal. 
How do we appeal to the Islander fans? We're loyal to listen to our story of how loyal we are. Listen to how much our word means to us. You give you word. You've been loyal through the freaking two and a half, three decades of shit that you've had to endure, right? And I know we haven't been good this year, but we're loyal, just like you. Understand where we're coming from. You want to stand behind that? I gave my word to both of those players that uh, if they felt they wanted to stay, then they would stay, and that was their their decision. Uh, I support it 100% in every way because they are an asset to us and what they've done for uh, Dobson and how they've helped him uh, collectively and individually. Uh, so these are character people that uh, are assets. My last one for you tonight, Lou. What are you most excited about for this Islanders franchise right now? Well, I think there's a lot to be, uh, and it, it starts with ownership. Uh, ownership has been extremely supportive from day one to do things the right way. Uh, and also this facility that we're sitting in, which has been long awaited for the fans. And, and no one sees. When you okay, ownership. You better kiss their ass, brother, because you got to keep them on your side. When they see that, that no one's showing up next year, you want to keep your job too, right? Ownership, the building. Yeah, the building that no one sees because why no one goes to the games because we suck. Go ahead, TJ. Good fans comes out. Uh, the Islander fans are the most boisterous and, uh, in my opinion, the best in the National Hockey League. Uh, you saw them the other night uh, in here, and, you know, it looked like we, you know, have a tough road to climb. And again, it just, you know, flowery bit there at the end. And again, he speaks very kindly to the fans. I, I love the Islander fans. Everybody loves the Islander fans. Again, we're no matter what, we stick together and we are loyal and we support the team. We do. We always have, always do well. Absolutely. But it's like, what a powder puff interview. Softball after softball. I wish I wish we would have had a follow-up after that, right? Like, what do we want to do? We want to prove the forward and defense. You know, do you see, I mean, you talk about improving the forwards and the defensive groups. Do you see any members that are currently on your team that need to be moved? I mean, kind of tell me, walk me through your thought process a little bit on that. I, we need follow-up questions on that, right? When they speak in platitudes, I need to have a little bit more specific, right? We're playing a game of trying. And again, everything was pre-written, but you know, as a journalist, if there was one there, you'd like to think, again, he doesn't speak too often in the press, but you'd like to think, hey, we're going to dig a little deeper. You know, what pieces, how many pieces do you need to move? What do you envision this offseason look like? How busy are you going to be? That's, that's an off-season question. That's not a that's not a this type of question. This is calm. Hey, they got the pitchforks. And the torches out in front of the building. We got to calm the masses, calm them down. Yeah. Anyway, um, we're going to go ahead and read the ad and then get to comments, Grump. Um, Just selected please. ones, right? Yeah. Well, okay. I haven't had a chance to siphon through. I've been handling okay. everything else today. Okay. So okay. you're going to have to give me a bit. Um, today's podcast is brought to you by DraftKings. The NHL season has been packed with dirty dangles, hat tricks, and big wins. As the action rolls on, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has your shot to win big too. New customers can bet just $1 on any NHL team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's right. A bump in the win column for your team means free bets for you. If Sportsbook isn't available, 
available in your state yet, you still have a shot to light the lamp. And everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with the first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code THPN and bet just $1 on any NHL team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 years or older. Restrictions apply. See the show note for additional details. Also, you can see it in the link in the description below. Hooah, grump. Yes, let's get some comments. Let's get some comments. Oh, people still think that we've got a chance. Disagree. Mm. I'm shocked about that. Definitely for certain. I tell you. Um, ooh, 21 glorious more games to go. Oof. Man, I don't know. I what? Let me ask you this, Grump. What are you looking for the last 21 games? Seeing the younger players play. Not that, mm-hmm. I mean, because I want to see the younger players. I won't get to see them next year. So I want to see them the end of this year. You don't think you're going to be able to see all any of that? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Mm. No changes will be made. This this is next year's roster. John M says, "Grumpy, I'm in a third stage of grief: depression, loneliness, and reflection." I don't think reflection is one, but that's okay, John. I, I was about to say I was I, I went through all those <laughs> over the last bargaining. Week. Bargaining, depression. I, I don't think I ever went through bargaining. I've gone through bargaining. That's what I went through Anger. half of the season. We struggled to no end. I bargained. I believed in some of these excuses a bit. I started, maybe there's a little bit to take here and there. And then as it continued to get blown out of the water, I'm like, no, not at all. Um, ooh, Brett W. said, maybe they'll give Green and Chara extensions. I bet one of them gets, I bet Chara gets extended. I bet Chara gets signed for next year. Just have a bad feeling about it. If you make him a seventh defenseman, I don't have a problem with it. If you give him regular minutes, 20 minutes a game, I got a problem with it. Yeah, I was about to say, I'd love him as a seventh defenseman. Do you think Big Z, though, would sign up for being a seventh? I I would love him even more as an assistant coach. I seriously would. You want to talk about, again, making sure you help the the maturation and development of Noah Dobson and young defensemen through your system, a guy like even Bolduc there going forward. Having a guy like Big Z on the coaching staff in some capacity would be huge, 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 huge. You got Johnny Boychuk there. Johnny Boychuk back in his prime, freaking warrior, an absolute warrior. But I wouldn't mind having Chara as like a player coach where he'll, he plays periodically. He's a seventh defenseman, and he gets to work with the team, if that's something he's interested in. Other than that, I don't want to see him on the ice. Um, and George P. saying, I guarantee they're hearing a lot of shit from the stands. I assume STH, so the stands, they've made, um, they had to make an appearance. That's why Lou made an appearance is because they're hearing a lot of, lot of people unhappy with the Absolutely. team. Matthew C said Lou did nothing wrong. Draft day and free agency is the way to go. They have to make trades. You realize he's never done that though since he's been here. It's not what he does. It's not what he does. What I worry is look at every single year that Lou's been here. Again, if he can trade away draft picks, he he looks at the team in a situation that they have a very finite window to win. I think the window is now closed. I thought the window was still open and we were trying to keep our fingers in to try to get one more shot at that glorious cup. And I think he, he thinks the window is still open. Do you think the window is still open? And if he still thinks the window open, he's going to mortgage off the future for the current window. He knows the window's not open either. He knows it. He's not stupid. He knows the window's closed. 
He knows it. He's hoping maybe we catch lightning in a bottle next year and squeak into the playoffs to get rolled in the first round. That's what his biggest hope is. We're mm. back. We made the playoffs. Woo! Um, Time B also saying here, uh, Lou is doing a meet the season ticket holder press on Sunday at 11 a.m. and taking questions from us. Ooh, and that would be a good one. Tommy, I hope you bring a tough, a tough, hard-hitting question. Are you kidding me? He's going to ask Lou what his favorite color is next. He's gonna he's gonna ask, hey man, can you stop oh, throwing? He's the king of the softball in? question. Can he's you stop gonna, throwing so much shit away in the trash can? No. He's slurping the Lou lemonade. Are you kidding oh, me? Oh man. Oh man. Uh, Shooters Pakaki says off season predictions, a 10 year extension for Trots, two years extension for Char, and 15 years for Bailey. A little gallows humor is always the best. It helps get you through these time periods. Um, the second next year goes off the rails, they see screwed. Because uh, because there is uh, no, there no new stories to sell and why to re-up. They're talking about season tickets. That's why that's why they're doing this. And he says season tickets only went up one dollar uh, a game per seat. So in, in in Tommy's section, I look at it like this. Think about it. Your season tickets went up this year when you were coming off of last year back to back Eastern Conference Finals, and this year you're twenty points out of the playoff spots, and your season tickets still increased. Nuts, isn't it? Uh, John M saying, I'm convinced Matt Barzal's gone. Here's the thing. I think it's one or two items. Uh, maybe he's still banged up. He had that, uh, what he did. It was an ankle injury. I think it was, I know it was a lower body injury. Maybe it was a, you know, ankles. I can't remember what it was. He Whatever. Had it was lower definitely body. lower body. Definitely lower. He's, body. he's either one or two things fighting through the lower body injury, not a hundred percent. And he's back on the ice or he's completely disinterested and doesn't want to be out there. I, he looks disinterested to me. Could be a mix of both. Let's be honest. Okay. Um, Max B saying, Hey, what's up, fellas? A Night to Remember is one of my favorite movies. I've never watched it. Uh, watched that yeah. when I was nine, and I've been interested in the, the Titanic ever since. I actually just got a Titanic model for my son. Yeah, it's a really great movie. It turned me on to uh, thinking about Titanic all the time, also. I remember seeing it when I was a kid. I can't tell you how old I was, but yeah, fantastic movie. Matthew C said, We've got good draft picks this year to help replenish the pool. Really? I just am fearful that we're going to trade those picks away. I hope I don't I'm think we're going to trade the picks, but we don't have enough. When you have nothing, Seattle, Seattle. We have we have our first for this year. We've got Colorado's second. That's so a third. Essentially a third. Um, <laughs> we've got our third. So I'm like, okay, we essentially have a first, a late second, and two a thirds. Third. A first, two thirds. Who cares? And what are you going to draft? Are you going to go for the most skilled player or are you going to go for some type of Barry clone? Hey, let's get ourselves another grinder in the first round. Mm. Um, hey, guys, we meet again. Uh, Andre M also saying here, uh, Ray Shiro didn't do a good job either talking about the Devils. I didn't think so either. Grump. I mean, like some of it's on Lou. They've also had bad general managers after Lou, too. Yeah, true. But Lou gutted the franchise. When you got to start over from scratch, it's tough. Yep, absolutely. John P saying, good evening, gentlemen. Long time, no chat. So what kind of discussion, <laughs> discussions of late Ledecky, Malkin, and um, and Shay are having with uh, Lou, or Shannon are having with Lou? Or are they staying silent? They're just staying know. silent. You probably won't see Ledecky in the stands the rest of the season. Eh, I don't want to listen to that shit. I'm going to stay home. Let me ask you this. When you look at the Devils, are you not at least somewhat optimistic that their future is brighter than our no. future? No, 
Really? I, the Devils have young guys. I just I just don't think the Devils are very you don't good. They think have a couple of good players. You don't think much of Hughes? No. I know you don't. I know you don't like Hughes. He I averaged don't. a point a game. I don't. don't think I much don't. Of Dawson? I like Dawson as a player. I think they have a few. I like Dawson. Mercer, is it Mercer Dawson? I think so. Yeah, I like him. I like him. But, I mean, don't they have Subban on their team? He's an unrestricted free agent this offseason. Yeah, he sucks. So he'll be gone. Dougie Hamilton, right? He's been out the majority of this year. Yeah. I mean, like, you've got – you now you've drafted Luke Hughes as well. Yeah, Dawson Mercer. I mean, he's played extremely well. Alexander Holtz is another – they've got a lot of young players. That's yeah, I like – but they're, they still have a ways to go. I mean, yeah, they're, like I said, future. here's the thing. Their team was like skeleton bones when Lamarillo left. Yeah. And I don't think they had great leadership there after that. Wasn't Fitzgerald there for a while? Yeah. I mean, I, I just yeah. you got to hire the right guy, and they haven't. I'm the, I don't not a big Shiro fan either. Honestly, he's hmm. another guy who just got a job because Freddie Shiro. I mean, come yeah. on. I mean, the Devils still have a long way to go. But if you look at the future, right? You say, okay, who do you feel is going to be better in the next five years? Five years from now, you think it's the Devils or the Islanders? I don't It'll know. Probably be the Devils. Is it? Is it? Is it's? It's appalling even to say. I don't know. Maybe I, you don't know, right? It's kind of hazy. It's not the freaking Devils. I don't like what they've done in the draft and free. I mean Hamilton. Okay, you sign Hamilton. Why? You're going to be paying him into his mid thirties, and your team is going to suck by the time they start getting good. He's going to be finished. Why do you sign a guy like that for long term? It's, it's okay. So they also want think about it. They drafted Luke Hughes. They've got a lot of young players. They need you need some veteran when you're in full rebuild. Dougie Hamilton is guy top ten defenseman in the in the NHL. He's not a teacher though. He's I don't know one of those is. guys. Maybe he's not. Maybe he's not. You want to you want a, a mentor? I'm not saying a guy like Chara, but if you want to get somebody like you know somebody who could mentor the young guys, fine. That's not Doug Hamilton. That's not his mo. That's a guy you pick up when you're close. Yeah, go all in for Dougie Hamilton. And he was really good. You ever think why he was so good is because he played for Carolina? I don't know. Think about it. He was Hold on. He was really good in Boston. He was really good in Calgary. No, Doug, he wasn't know. really good in Boston. That's oh, why he got shipped oh, out of there. He oh, wasn't really good. He's been he's been a fantastic – okay, the issues with Dougie Hamilton are in the room. It's he was not – he, he was good in Calgary, though. He was good in Calgary. He was good in Boston, too. He was okay. He wasn't great. He was okay. But he, is, he was really young then. And he was really good for Carolina. That's the best he ever plays when he was with Carolina. He was in Boston. He was 19, 20, and 21 years old. As yeah. a 21-year-old defenseman in 72 games, he had 42 freaking points. He was good. He was, good he was really good. Yeah, but there were problems up there in Boston. I'm not saying there weren't. He, wasn't, he not, wasn't, wasn't an issue. I said he was an issue in the locker room. The issue was not on the ice. Okay, but now he doesn't have that issue anymore. And his best year was in, it's in Carolina. That was his best year. Overall, that was his best year. He's still young. He's 28. Yeah. How long? What did he sign? A seven or eight year deal. So you're going to be paying until he's 35? Okay. Again. Okay, he's a tall, He's a tall defenseman. And you're going to be paying until he's 35 years old. Uh, ideally, right? Nine million a year. Yeah. Again, ideally, you're going to have a chance to spread nine million a year. How much do you think we're going to throw at freaking Philip Forsberg this offseason? It'd be another. It's a mistake, too. Same thing. It'll be a mistake. Mm. Um, I tell you. 
And then uh, Paulo C said, we already have forwards that are of no value. So what is Lou waiting for to trade the forwards that still ha- that still do have value? I guess he's waiting for them not to have value anymore. Very smart. Who are the only forwards who have value? Legitimately, the only forwards who have value on this team, Matt Barzell, Brock Nelson, Anthony Bavillier, Oliver Wallstrom. That's it. There are no other forwards who have value. So you have to move one of those guys to get better. You're not going to move Pelic and Pulak. You just signed them. I, I cannot imagine them uh, moving Dobson or Sorokin. You don't have anything to move. And you keep on doubling down by signing older guys? That's why I've come to the conclusion they're trading away picks, ladies and gentlemen, and prospects. Max, you're saying Lou is going to kill Long Island hockey. Let me see what Ledecky will do now. Nothing. He's going to go. He's he's going to be like uh, Puxatani Phil. (laughs) Put his head, you know, if he comes out just, you know, to see if there's going to be another six weeks of. He sees he's uh, going to see his shadow and he's going to see an extra six years of extra six years of Islanders sucking. That's over, isn't it? Yeah, he's the, yeah. It happens like in what is it February or early? I, I, I thought it was March. I thought it was early March. No, early February. Okay. James F. saying, "Let's talk baseball." The Islanders are depressing me. Tomorrow, oh, we'll talk about baseball tomorrow. I was about to say, absolutely, absolutely. Um, then uh, time B saying here they spent time. Um, John Ledecky spent time with Carson, um, uh, his nephew, who's got uh, you know the illness, um, and it came back, and he spent time with him in the third period. And it's such a wonderful memory. I'm telling you, the people in the staff are fantastic people. I don't question them as individuals at all. And again, ownership, right? Ledecky may maybe like, hey, I'm the goofy guy who cheers on the team. He's not the guy pulling the strings. It's all Malkin by this. They smuggle him in like a box. So that no one could outside could stop him. That was like, hey, surprise, it's me, John Ledecky. Then they put him back in the box. I'm just wondering. <laughs> they dressed him up. They dressed him up in like a different like trench coat over there, or something like that. So it was tough to distinguish him in the crowd. <laughs> Incognito. <laughs> to, to get through the masses that are out there riding. Yeah. Ah, no Islanders. Um, Brandon Gaines saying here, Bridgeport has a realistic chance of making the playoffs. Give Sallow more ice time there compared to the NHL. Also, regarding the veterans going, Lou absolutely will trade Bailey this offseason. Okay, maybe, uh, but does he have any value? What are you going to get for him? I was going to say, how many picks or what pick do you think we're going to have to trade to get rid of Josh Bailey? I I cannot think that you're going to have to get – I mean, even if you get a fifth-round pick for him, just get him off. you got to get – again, until you start moving some of these bloated veteran contracts, you can't add anyone else. We have 13 forwards signed for next year, nine of them over the age of 30. Think about that. We're going to have to make trades. So we're going to trade away Todd Bailey and Anthony Bavillier, both grumpy. And we're going to trade away picks. And we're going to trade away Atu Ratu. We're not trading away picks. I disagree with that. I cannot fucking wait to have a shitty grin on my face when then we trade away picks. Have I been wrong? You've been wrong every single year on about the offseason. Offseason. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Every year. We're going to make moves. I'm like, no. When it comes to predict. Here's the thing. I was right on Detroit. I was right with Letty getting traded to Detroit. I don't care if you're right about Detroit. I'm talking about, have you ever right about the Islanders? I always think they were going to do something and they never did. Yeah. Well, uh, shit, what's worse? Well, honestly, if they stand pat and do nothing this offseason, that's actually kind of the better of the two evils. I'd rather them do that. I'd rather them not double down this offseason. If they stand pat and do nothing, it's not the end of the world to me. I've just kind of accepted that we are going to be in the long freaking haul of shit. Yeah, um, I agree with that. 
Uh, I'd rather just stay in Pat, lose again next year, and then dump everyone. Yep. Sal P says here, what's up, fellas? The terrible lineups will continue under this regime. We're old, slow, short, on elite-level skill, other than Sorokin. I'm with Grump. This team has no shot at anything next year unless some key additions are made. I'm talking about they would have to be substantial. Like I'm talking about waking up on Christmas morning substantial. You, have we ever done that before in the past? I thought no. we needed a Christmas miracle every single freaking offseason, and we've never done it. No. Mm. I, I, I mean, again, unless you get rid of some guys off the team, everyone is already signed to long-term deals. Every forward is signed to a long-term deal. You have to move some of those out to bring somebody in. 13 guys, 13 forwards who are on the team right now today are signed for next year. 13. The only one who isn't is Kiefer Bellows. You have to move some of those guys out. Your top six guys have to be moved. You bring up Philip Forsberg, well, what, what are you going to do next? You got to move somebody out of the top six. Who's it going to be? Matthew C. saying here, get Forsberg and a puck moving defenseman. Let's go. Do we really think that's all that's needed, though? Um, no, I don't. And Forsberg's not coming here. Uh, it, why would a free agent want to come here? They've never come here before. Never. Never freaking ever. Andrew Ladd is the biggest free agent signing in the history of this organization. Andrew Ladd. No one has ever come here. And once again, the excuse train just keeps rolling. Guess what? Maybe they just don't want to come here. They'd rather play 10 miles up the road and play for the Rangers as opposed to coming here. We do need a puck-moving defenseman. We absolutely do. TJ mentioned a trade potentially um, for Chikrin. And honestly, yeah, it's given up some youth. I wouldn't give up a first-round draft pick, but if you could move, uh, you know, a, this is what was laid out, right? It was Bailey, Bavillier, Sallow, no, no, and no, no, what no, else? No, 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 Grumpy. No, it's it's going to be a huge asking price. It'd be something more like Oliver Wallstrom. It would be Oliver Wallstrom, either Oliver Wallstrom, Ratu Ratu, a first round pick, and a guy like Anthony Bavillier, or or a defenseman like a Robin Sallow, something like that. It, it's going to be a, it's going to be a lot. It's going to be a I, lot to move for a guy like. And here's the thing: Chickering's younger. He's not a guy who's you know a vet by any stretch of the imagination, but. Uh, I have no problem moving a Sallow or a Ratu if you can include Bailey and Bavillier. I have no problem with that because then you have your top two pairings are really good. Okay. And again, you got to move forwards. If you want to get better in the forward group, you have to move a couple of forwards out. Bovillier will be sacrificed because he's got value. He's 24 years old, he's young. None of the guys over 30 have any value to any team. They don't even have value to our team as much as Lou says different. They have no value for our team or any team in the league. Bavillier has value because he's 24. Mm. He's going to be sacrificed. I mean, if you want to get Chikrin, you're going to have to give to get. But I'm not giving up draft picks. That's just not happening. That's just that's a non-starter for me. You can have anybody off my roster except for a few select players We've talked about them. We'll talk about them in the offseason. But other than that, you can have your pick of players. Mm. They need to get to the salary cap floor. Don't forget that. Got a comment here from John M. saying here, that game last night was unbearable to watch. It was brutal. Ever since 
Everyone's notified there were going to be no trades back. They went right back to how they played the beginning of the year, the first 50 games. That's how they've looked the last two days against really crappy competition. The Flyers and Ottawa, two of the five worst teams in the league, and we lost to one and really played down to the level of Ottawa. Ottawa's really bad. That was the worst game I think I've seen in, gosh, I can't, years. It was so bad. It was hard to watch. Got a comment here from Tommy B saying, TJ Grumpy, man, uh, if we have a bad record in April, move up in the draft board, isn't that better for us? It is. I just hope we don't trade away that pick or trade away a sec. You know, I, I hope we're not trading away draft capital because seriously, if we're making a big move to add a top four guy, or and again, like this is assuming Philip Forsberg is the guy for us this offseason, too. We're going to overpay him, I'm sure, on He's a career coming. year. He's not coming. I'm just saying, right? If that's 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 the idea. That's what people are, are throwing out there. You're going to trade up a lot for a bona fide top four defenseman. The the pieces we have currently on the team, you're going to have to give up prospects and picks. I, I, that's that's the way I look at it. And, uh, you know, we don't have enough. It's not like we could say, oh, this, this is a one-for-one one trade. Oh, this is an Anthony Bavillier for a guy XYZ. I, I just don't see that happening. If you're giving them two or three NHL-ready players, let's say Sallow, Bailey and Bavillier, and they need to get to the cap floor. I, I mean, like I said, he's still, what, 24 years old? Yeah. He's young enough where he could be part of the solution going forward, Chikrin. I don't think he's that great, but he can move the puck. What's the one thing we can't do? Our defense can't – we got one guy who can move the puck on the whole team. One guy. Maybe Salo could develop into that. Chikrin is already that. That gives you solid – the top two pairings, really solid, it'll be solid, and they'll be there for years to come. Noah, Noah W. says, uh, Bridgeport's fighting for a playoff spot. That's probably why they haven't brought anybody up yet. Who cares about Bridgeport? They're the minors. The they Bridgeport. are they're the freaking feeder system. You think they really care about Bridgeport's success? If they, they did, why would Brent Thompson still be coaching there? Why would Fredo still be the GM? They don't care about them. They cared about Bridgeport's success. They, would, they have not won a playoff. I don't think they've won a round in the playoffs in the last, like, 10 or 15 years in Bridgeport. I don't think they really care all that much about Bridgeport success. It's good. It's good to have a mix, right? You want to be able to instill the winning attitude, want to be able to help the players improve as an overall guy. Um, Mr. James fan said, Salo hasn't been great offensively in Bridgeport. That's why he's movable, in my opinion. If you get, but you'd have to get a replacement for him. Mm. If he's part of a deal for Chikrin, I'm for that. I know that's kind of going against how I've said things in the past, but Chikrin's young enough. That's the reason. Brandon Gaines saying, uh, and for those thinking Bailey won't get moved, look at it this way. He has no trade protection, less salary than his actual cap, and only two years left. A team two or three pieces away with money can take that hit. How many teams are out there that that have number one cap space and are a team that's close? How many teams are there that want Josh Bailey? That's the biggest thing. No one wants Josh Bailey. I think Josh Bailey's biggest value is, hey, I've been an NHL veteran and I've been to Eastern Conference Finals, so I know what it takes to get to the playoffs and I know what the playoffs look like. That's that's where Josh Bailey's value lies now as a player, in my opinion. Not his not his indistinguishable skills on the ice. If someone wanted him, they would have wanted him for a playoff run because he has shown out in the playoffs the last couple of years. Fantastic in the playoffs the last two years. I'm talking about points-wise. He's been really good, no doubt about it. Drew L. saying here, I think once Lou and Barry are gone, that's when we'll see a guy like Goloshev, Holmstrom, Bolduc come to the NHL. Goloshev is never coming back. Never. But, uh, maybe maybe Holmstrom and Bolduc. I, I would like to see what Holmstrom has now, but he's not ready. I, I have no problem yeah, bringing him up. But, okay, do you think they're going to play a young guy over the veterans? It's just not going to do it. I don't think he's ready. 
But what I think it does, and again, everybody's like, oh, they want Bridgeport to make the playoffs. That's why we're not going to give – that's another excuse. That's why we don't want to go ahead and give the young guys a chance. Here's the thing. When you give a young guy like this, and I'm a big fan at the end of the year, if the season's lost, let him see a little bit what it's like in the NHL level. Let them see I'm nowhere near ready for this. Let them see these guys are much better than me. This is how hard I need to work. This is how this is how competitive the NHL is, right? You can always say, I want to make it here. I want to make it here. This is where I want to be. But when you're playing against guys at the Bridgeport level and the AHL level, you don't get the first hands-on experience of playing against NHL players. When you finally get there and you get thrown to the deep end, you say, holy shit, I need to learn how to freaking swim. Sure. Brandon Gaines here saying, uh, and yes, I'm using Detroit as an example. They have $34 million in space. Their wingers' depth suck. They uh, haven't made the playoffs since 2016. Uh, they will be in a form of desperation. Uh, th- there will be a form of desperation on Eiserman's part. Uh, 100% wrong. Eiserman, I think he'd love to trade with us, honestly. He's like, okay, I'll give you a third-round pick for Bailey, and then the deadline, he'd wind up flipping him for a second and two players who can play. He got Nick Letty for a second. He trades him to St. Louis for a second, and then two guys who actually play. Oscar Think Sundquist. about that. Yeah. Oscar Sundquist. Um, yeah. So, and yeah, Wal- yeah. on Wal- Walbeck, who's not a bad defenseman. Shocking that how shitty he's been in Detroit and he still got paid more. Eiserman knows <laughs> what he's doing. I bet you he didn't make a promise to Nick Letty. Oh, hey. That's why you trade guys if you can at the deadline instead That's of right. the offseason because you get more at the deadline because people are willing to overpay. That's why sitting on your hands at the deadline, if you have pieces to sell, is so unbelievably fucking dumb. Um, Noah W. says here, I think uh, they they didn't sell uh, everything. Um, It's because ownership refused to go into year two of a brand new building and a rebuild, especially since last year they lost revenue due to COVID. I totally disagree. I totally think you, you have a lot of strong pieces on this team that you could have really said, hey, we're building around these strong pieces. You would have been a sh- – I'm talking about a really quick bounce, but a really quick bounce. Do you want to what gets people to show up to the arena? Winning. Winning. Or be exciting. When you're a loser and you're boring, that's like the death knell. Three strikes, you're out. That's where we are right now. They just – whatever Lou said they believe, that's that's the way it is. Time to get a new GM. George P. said, stop with the moral victory bullshit. Please, Ranger fans um, are chanting uh, that we will. Uh, we did well in the playoffs BS. Don't be like Ranger fans. True. 100% agree with you, George. Matthew C. said, move out Martin, Bailey, and Varlamov. Well, they don't want to move any. They don't want to move the goaltender. They feel very happy with a netminder, so they're not moving Varlamov. We feel very happy. Um, What's he going to be, 35 next year? Great. Smart move. Smart. Look at what Flurry got. He didn't even want to go. They had to force him to go. Could be getting a first-round pick for him. What could Varlamov get with another year on his deal? What could he have gotten? At least a first. And you wouldn't even put him out there. Why? Bearman was a second. Bearman was a second, which would have been fine, too. But you're worried about Sorokin, who's making less money than his backup? That would piss me off. I'm better, and I'm getting paid less than this guy? Hold on. You said you're worried about Sorokin. That didn't make sense. Say it again. They're worried about Sorokin. Who is? Lewis. That's why, you know, he's worried about his development. You know? That's what he said in the interview today. 
I don't think he said he's worried about his development. He says he feels very strong with what they have in that. Because the, because the development and what he's done for the development, he's there, his support system for Sorokin, blah, 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 yada, yada. I didn't hear that, but fair enough. Coach Tommy B said, um, if we sign back either Green or Chara at 750K for one year to be the seventh defenseman, I'm fine with that. But Salo is a solid left-handed D, uh, needs to be signed. Here's the thing, Tommy B. We'd all said, and we had ideas, right? Oh, it would work well if Green and Char were alternating game in and game out. How's that work for us? They play no every single night, and they play 20 to 18 minutes every night. So, it, I mean, like, we would love that to be the case, but it's not under Barry Trotz. Barry Trotz, if, he signed, if those two players are signed back, they're playing every single game. If you give him a chance to have an older guy on the team, he's going to play. Yep. Period. Andre M saying here, Lou is 80. He's not rebuilding. That's why he needs to go. Yep. Get rid of him. Jeremy F saying here, good evening, fellas. Happy Wednesday night. Holmstrom with two assists tonight uh, through two periods. Can Holmstrom, Zarnak, and Sallow make the Islanders in 2023? Any other players that could, are there any other players that could crack the lineup? Jeremy, you have not been watching. No, no, this is an earlier question. Earlier question, Grumpy. No, so. no, no. I don't think he's been watching the last couple of years because there's no way any of the young guys play. Why did Noah Dobson make the big team two years ago? Because he had no options. If they had the option to leave him down in the A, that's where he would have been. But he didn't. It was the Q or the NHL. That's the only reason he was on the team. The only reason. He probably wouldn't have come up last year. This would have been his first year. If they had their options, that's what they want. They want to let those guys sit down there, rot on the vine, and then bring them up. Then you got a comment here from Michael O'Donnell saying here, Barry and Lou aren't the only ones that will be sailing off into the sunset. The owners will as well. As soon as the hotel, shopping, and casino is, are completed, mark my words. Uh, I don't think the owners are looking to bail out. And I don't Paulo C says, I think we should work on our forwards, especially the wingers for a rebuild, because uh, like our defenses, like our defensive core, a few changes like green, green and Chara and our goaltending is good. Yep. George P says Barzal will be traded. Why would he sign here? I'm I'm questioning that, too. Mm. If things uh, don't change, he'll be gone. Hmm. Do you think he's happy with Barry Trotz playing that Barry Trotz system? I can get. I isn't. I know he's not. Let me just put it to you that way. I don't even need to be in the trash can like Tommy to know that. Oh man, oh man. Um, Michael T is saying, uh, how do you explain the last two or three weeks of very good hockey this team has been playing, and why can't they do this next year? I great question, Michael T. I think the reason they've played well, Grumpy believes, oh, it's because of the deadline. Here's what I think. And maybe maybe Grumpy's has a little bit of validity to it. I think it has more to do with this. I think the style we have played, the last two years we've played, have been on shortened seasons. Two years, or th now three years ago now, holy shit, three years ago when COVID originally happened, we were on a seven-game losing streak. And we had, oh, it was I think it was a seven-game losing streak with losses to Detroit and San Jose at that time period, which were two of the worst teams in the NHL. If the season had ended, and I think there were like 12 or 14 games left scheduled to be played, we would not have made the playoffs. The only way we made the playoffs was the play-in. So we had a break into the season, and we were able to go ahead and fire our way in. Now we played a shortened year. I think you can play the style over a shortened time period. 
Barry Trotz's style is so freaking physically demanding. And when you've got older guys who lose a little bit of half a step and are unable to exert the same physical level and attention to detail that they have when they're younger, it's really freaking tough to do that over an 82-game season. You could definitely do it in spurts. We've been under Trotz. We've been streaky at times. We're relatively consistent, but there's times where we go off on a mad tear and we'll be in like seven game winning streak or 10 game winning streak. Or what was it? We had one time was a 13 game winning streak or a 17 game point streak, something crazy like that. It's it's not uncommon, but it's really tough to do that and have continued success over an 82 game season under that system. My opinion. I was I aspired to that thinking as well until I saw what happened this year. We laid down like dogs the whole year, the veterans, all the veterans. Then all of a sudden, three weeks before the deadline, we pick our play up. Okay. Then as soon as it's pretty obvious we're not going to make any moves, Lou even said it today or yesterday, all of a sudden we go back to the way we played early in the year. That's that, that I, Like I said, I study human nature. They were afraid to get moved. They were afraid of breaking up the gang. They didn't want that. Do you so remember hard for two weeks? Real quick, do you remember last offseason? They said going into the offseason, this is probably the last time we're going to see this iteration of the same team out there on the ice. Mm-hmm. What changes did they make last offseason? That last offseason to this year, nothing. We lost Jordan Eberle to the expansion draft. That's it. We, brought, we lost we lost Michael Del Cole and instead put in Zach Parise. We signed permanently Kyle Palmieri, who was already on the team during the playoff push. No changes. There were no changes. He signed Zdeno Chara and lost Nick Letty. So we lost Nick Letty, and we lost Jordan Everly. That was the big change they were talking about. This is the last time we're going to see this iteration. A lot of guys in the room feel sad because you know we're going to have cap implications. This is going to be the last time we're going to see this iteration out there on the ice. Okay. The ice. One guy was expansion draft. Okay, so that doesn't count. And the other guy was moved because of cap situation. So – you, in essence, you moved one guy, and that was for cap considerations. You also moved Andrew Ladd, but he wasn't part of the team anyway. You did nothing. And here's the thing. You know what they're going to do this offseason? Nothing, because that's what they do. Mm. He likes the group. He's loyal to these guys. Uh, Brandon Gaines saying here, Grumpy, Lou has never given a single Islanders a no-move clause during his tenure as general manager. That's right. They're all no-trade clauses. I was about to say, yeah, you maybe you spoke. But, yes, they give he gives full no-trade clauses like freaking candy. All guys in their 30s who are here long-term, no trade clauses. Here, Kyle Palmer, he's a five-year deal. What is it, five-year deal? The first two years are full no trade clause, and then the, the last three is a modified. Oh, it's only four years? Only four. And the last two years is a modified no trade clause. We want to raise our family here on the island, so we're going to you know, we're gonna take a no trade clause. So I you can't have... move us without our permission. I, I don't have... want guys like that. It doesn't matter what my play indicates out there on the ice. I want you to be more limited. <laughs> I could suck ass next year. And you can't I, like it. I said, I'd, I'd never give a no trade clause ever, ever, unless it was Connor McDavid or Sidney Crosby or Alex Ovechkin. Those guys get no trade clauses, not the ham and egg or scraps that we got on this team. Let's say they're lucky enough to re-sign Matt Barzell. You think they're going to give him a no trade clause? I don't even think he'd even want one. I think he'd probably one of those opt-out clauses. Mm. Uh, Owen J says, I think the Islanders are going to the playoffs, Grumpy. Owen's still confident. Maybe in a few years, maybe four or five years. 
Owen's confident. Owen's confident. I love you, Owen. I wish I had. I wish I was as as optimistic. I wish I was. I wish I was. Michael T saying, um, "You guys know now." This is talking about Lou Lamarillo's comment. He said, "You guys know that all this is is bootlicking. What's the point of bringing up the clips? The thing is, we know it's bootlicking. People seriously buy in and believe and take what he says at face value, and that's why we bring it up and do that because I think that a lot of people listening to the show are dubious of those type of items. They are, yeah, I think they critically think like, mm, okay, what's the actual truth? A lot of people want to take what he says at face value. Nobody wants to think they're being possibly deceived. And so that's why we bring it up and kind of went, you know, maybe a little bit over in depth on that, but that's why we did it. Um, George P says, I cannot wait for our back-to-back games against good teams. There'll be excuses for that too. Um, Drew L said, I feel like the excuses that Barry and Lou make are them secretly panicking um and trying to trying to make damage control they know they know believe me they're not they're not stupid they know they know they have no shot but they want to be you know what barry's like man i got a year left on my deal he'll be gone absolutely he'll be gone because we won't make the playoffs how many coaches go years and years without making the playoffs and keep their jobs i don't know Barry Trotz won't be one of those guys because the fans will be in full revolt next year. You think it's bad now? Wait till next year. We're boring. We score 200 goals a year. That's what I want to pay money for in this brand new state-of-the-art arena? I don't think so. They're not dumb. They know. They see the writing on the wall. This business man, they do, for certain. They're not stupid. No. Um, got another comment here. Ariel C says here, uh, we have to keep in mind the month of COVID and postpone in the postponements. Every team had that. Every team had COVID. Every team had the postponements to deal with every single team. So our team was the only team that couldn't, our team dealt with COVID in the bubble better than any other team in the NHL. Why did we struggle so much for the, with the postponements this time around? Cause we're not as good. Um, no, I don't think, I don't think that was the demise um but we need talent but it had a big impact on this season i i disagree i i I cannot firmly disagree more every single team was in the same exact situation as us every single team had the post moments tampa bay had how many game how many players were they missing like seven guys six seven guys I mean, the Islanders, remember, right? We, we were in the Islanders, fans were crying, oh man, we didn't get postponements early on. You know, it was a few games early on, two or three games that we had to field an AHL roster. Two games. Let's two spot games. Let's spot the team six points. Let's just say out of the two games that came in with six points, we're still what, 13 points out of a playoff spot, 14 points out of a playoff spot? Doesn't it doesn't move the needle? Doesn't move, doesn't hold water? I'm sorry. The teams had the, everyone played with the same playing field this year. Uh, we, uh, if we did make the playoffs though, we would have been swept in the first round. I'm sure. Yeah. The, that would have been even worse. Ooh, Carolina would just kicked our asses right off the planet. There was nothing more demoralizing than when we got swept by Carolina. I mean, like we played well, right? I think we had swept the penguins that year. Didn't we? Yep. We swept the penguins. I was like, holy shit. I'm like I'm bought in and we got swept by the hurricanes. I was like, damn, how the hell did this happen? They own us. <laughs> they just, they're just. Their style, we just cannot play with. I'm waiting to see the last couple of games of this year against them. Uh, they might beat us 50 to nothing. I mean, they're Stop. playing. They're playing for. They're playing for uh, home ice advantage throughout the playoffs. There's mm, like, I guarantee you, Freddie Anderson is going to be playing against us now. Not going to be playing their backups down the stretch. Michael D says, uh, "Why are you guys so upset about the trade deadline?" 
it's kind of funny because the season was essentially over for us. You guys are just upset that moves weren't made. Come on. Uh, LOL. Okay, my, well, the reason I'm upset, and I'll break down each move. If the guys were so, and Zach Parise, I didn't hear Zach Parise, the conversation they had saying it was his word that he was going to, uh, we're going to, we're going to leave you, we're going to let you stay here no matter what. Trade away Zach Parise, trade away Cal Clutterbuck. If they really want to come back, sign them back. If you're really so hell bent on keeping them, sign them back. I'm talking about it's grossly neglectful regarding asset management. These players would have gone to play and Cal Clutterbuck. Goodbye, but we want to sign you back. Go in the offseason. Go here. Go go to go to Colorado. Go to XYZ team. We're gonna let you try to win a cup. We're signing you back. We have every intention on bringing you back. First day of free agency. Here's a contract. We're bringing you right back. If that was really the freaking hell bent plan that we couldn't deviate away from, we would end up with an extra third and maybe a second round pick in our pocket. And then you still would have had the same freaking guys. Did we really need to go ahead and sacrifice a potential second, third, or fourth round pick, whatever the hell it was, in order to keep these guys, Cal Clutterbuck and Zach Parise, on our team for the last 21 games of the season if it's a freaking lost year? The answer to that question is absolutely not. Uh, Rose neglect. And that's that's the bare minimum. That's scratching the surface. Bare minimum what we should have done. Bare minimum. Okay. Uh, the reason why we were upset is because the season was over. So it's about next year and beyond. That's why we're upset that no moves were made. We're not bringing people in. We're moving guys out to get more assets to load up in a, a loaded draft this year and next year. That's why you do it. And when it doesn't happen, it means you just set – you have taken another step back by not improving the team in the offseason because you're not going to. And then you don't have the young reinforcements coming in the future. You've just delayed your uh, comeback, so to speak, another year. That's all he did. Mm. And we don't like that. We want to see us get good as fast as possible. We answered this last time, Tommy B. Andrews Lee coming off the torn ACL injury. His struggles in the first half of the season are normal from covering from that injury. Here's the thing. He well, was skating. He was skating in, in the playoffs. He was skating in May of last year. So he had again. We'll do this one more time. He skated in May, skated in June, July, October, no. October. August or September, you keep leaving okay. those two months out. Okay, so he's how many months did he skate in the off season? Six months. Ten six months. months. He's been skating ten months. Six. He skated six months in the off season, and then he's been playing October, November, December, January, February. Five months of full action and action. Half of March until they till the deadline was coming up. Then he picked his play up. Then as soon as, guess what? I guess his knee must be acting up again because the last two games since he's been safe and the team has been safe, he's gone back to being a lazy dog, not hustling his ass off. Yeah, I, I don't buy that. I don't buy the confidence bullshit. I mean, a little bit, you do have it. After you play about a month on the injury, after you've come back from an injury, the confidence thing's in the back of your head. You don't even have a chance to think about I'll it. I'll tell you what, right? I like Shay. I like Shay. Shay says here, um, he said he's not making excuses, and he just did. Brandon Gaines saying here, Grumpy, which pairing are you taking? Pelic and Mayfield or Pelic and Pulak? Uh, actually, I want Pelic and Dobson and Pulak and Chikrin if we get Chikrin. That's what I'd like to see. I don't want to see Chikrin with Dobson. That much I guarantee you. <laughs> you want to have the two guys who are better <laughs> defensively playing with each. And here's the thing. They match up. Lefty and righty, lefty and righty. The last thing you want is Dobson and Chikrin on the same defense pairing. No freaking way. You got to split them up. And it works out perfectly. 
Pellick, Dobson. There's your number one pair. Pulak, Chicklin. DJ's laughing. He must I'm sorry. I read a funny comment. I'm sorry. George P said, um, he's on the ice talking about Andrews Lee. He was cleared to play. No freaking excuses. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's not like he's missed any games with knee soreness or anything like that. There is a little bit of a mental aspect when you come back. It only lasts about a month, a month and a half. I don't consider myself. I've had more severe knee surgeries than an ACL, too. Is that a guy you want as your captain? I don't consider myself. Some some weak-ass bastard like that? A weak mental bastard as your captain? Not me. Shea also saying here, of freaking course, the players will say that they want to stay. Nobody wants to move midway through the year for like two months. See, Shay, I like her. Smart, man. She knows. Joseph C. said. The human element. The human element. Lose into the human element. Joseph C. says a lot of players will move if they want to win, especially if the guys are 30-plus years old where they're, when their careers are winding down. Yep. Yeah, just not guys on the island. Uh, Michael T. says, so you wanted them to be sellers over other teams, probably that we were going to try to rape them and lowball them. Um, so it's probably good they didn't make any moves. Michael T., I'm telling you, if you were smart, if you were smart, God damn it, this happened again. If you're smart, you're able to take advantage of the other teams. The team selling, as long as you're smart, usually should be the winners in those deals. Teams that are buying always overpay at the deadline, most times. Again, time. again, again, Michael, it's addition by subtraction. You have so much dead wood on this team. If you move some of it out, you can get younger, better players coming in. You're still saddled with the same guys making all that money who are over 30. You move them out so you have enabled to bring in younger, better players. If you get yourself a second-round pick, third-round pick, Varlamov could have got you first. Mayfield probably could have got you two firsts. Look what Hampus Lindholm uh, got from Boston. That's a king's ransom for him. And you had another year of cost containment on Scott Mayfield? Please, you could have got a king's ransom for him, and you didn't do it. Just, like I said, short-sighted and dumb. Mm. Mm. And then Brian P. says, Montreal and Arizona have played well for weeks. And do they tell their fans, no, we're fine, no changes needed? Exactly. Exactly, Brian. Mario, this is what I left at. Mario said, there's so-called fans here and some of these groups that need a colonoscopy because Luke blows so much smoke up their asses that <laughs> that they're actually sterile. Oh, true, man. true. Oh man, I tell you, I, you know, I'm I wouldn't go that far, Mario, but I, I put it up there just because it was a funny comment that was over the top, and I know Grumpy would like it. <laughs> I go with it. <laughs> uh, uh, Andre M saying Lou was more transparent in his press conference than any time with Shannon. Shannon looks mesmerized by Lou, starstruck. <laughs> okay, it, transparent. He gave her the questions to ask. He told her how to ask them, in what order. It was written by the Islanders' PR staff, Lou. And he just read them. It, they, those, it was everything that you saw in every article. It was a repeat of his press conference the day before, just with Shannon. Yes. Yes, Lou. I like Shannon. Okay? I like Shannon, too. I bet she hasn't seen Lou in two or three years, either. He doesn't come down from his ivory tower. Mm. You never see anyone around him. The cloak, the, he's cloaked in silence. I mean, I'm sick and tired. It's like Belichick, right? Same thing. He's four D's doing four D chess. Everyone else is playing checkers. How's it working out for Belichick up there in the New England? Not too good. How's it working out for Lou down in the island? Not too good. There's a comes a time where you're past your peak level of efficiency. It's happened for those two guys. Hmm. 
It's uh, not to diminish what they've done in the past. It's what they're doing now. Not good enough. Max P said, I foolishly thought the bad executive decisions were behind us when Snow was taken out of the picture. This trade deadline was mind-boggling, to say the least. And it's funny, right? People said beforehand it would be criminal. And I was saying it, too. It would be criminal if the Islanders don't make any moves at the deadline. And now, once they didn't, as you got close to the deadline, they started to change their tune. Oh, no. Um, this is very good. This is a very great idea. This is very shrewd by the Islanders. Very smart. Lou Lamarillo making a very wise decision here. And it's like anything that he says, we need to just goose step with and agree with. I mean, like you said beforehand, hey, it would be bad, a bad idea if they don't trade anybody away. And then you change your tune. I'm just like, yeah, we all see that. I mean, just stick with what you believe because guess what? What the initial gut feeling is is usually right. Um, Brian P says here, um, hey, how come no matter how many bad, and hey, this is a question asked, hey, Lou, how come no matter how bad any of our veterans play, they never need to worry about losing their spot, even if there's a younger, better player ready to step in? Doesn't that send a bad message? Boom, that'd be a Could you imagine if Shannon asked a question like that or uh, one of the one of the, one of the members of the press asked a question like that? Uh, well, you know. You might think, but they're doing really good in practice and they bring that leadership and keep the team together. And yeah, maybe they'll have a bad chip, but you know, the young guy, then he'd bring out a specific instance where a young guy makes a mistake. Like he can't remember shit about any of the veterans doing anything bad, but man, let him beep, let him dial in on a young guy. Just like, yeah, they know he knows exactly what he's doing. First of all, he would, he wouldn't even answer the question. He would, first of all, no one would even ask him the question too scared. We'd ask him. But he wouldn't even answer. Like next, then you got a comment here. Uh, Brady Gaines saying here the goalie market is bad this offseason. Let's not act like Pierre Greco, Mitch Corn could make a thirty-six-year-old Thomas Grice, Halak, or Martin Jones bona fide goalies suddenly at their age. You're talking Here's about a guy to play twenty-five games. Brandon, I know you, we, we were talking it too, and you, you, you were not. And this is the big if. You said that if Braden Holtby would come here for three years, three and a half million per. Everybody jumped down my throat. Three three years, three and a half million per for Braden Holby, a guy who's worked with Pierre Greco, Mitch Gordon, a guy who's worked with Barry Trotz, a guy who's performed under them. You said if he would accept a deal to say, I'm going to be the backup under Sorokin for less money than what Varlamov makes for three years, so it gives you a chance to say, hey, can Scarrick be ready? Is he going to be the guy? If not, okay, we've got XYZ plan. We've got, you know, a little bit of a longer time period. You said you wouldn't have signed on for that. I would sign up for that in a heartbeat. Oh, he's injury prone. You don't need him to play more than 30, 35 games a year. Max 35 games a year. Maximum. I would jump all over that for him. If he wanted to be a number two and wanted to come because he loves Barry Trotz and loves the loyalty that Lou and Trotz on the Islanders show. You're talking about a backup goalie. Yes. You're not talking about a starter. You're talking about a backup. 30 games tops. 30 games. Sorokin is number one. You don't see a 50-50 split in the NHL when you have a superstar goalie. You just don't. The goalies, every single year, it's the goalie carousel. Every single offseason. You watch this offseason too. Guys you don't think are available are going to be available. Because people are unhappy with their goaltending assistant situations so they let guys go they trade them their contracts expire they don't want to bring them back on for any value at all that's just the way it is every single year you could have easily gotten a guy to play 30 games it's 30 games once you get to the playoffs well if we ever could make the playoffs Sorokin would be playing every game 
What do you what do you want to get? A next year 50-50 split? Sorokin and Varlamov? You think Varlamov's going to be happy sitting on the bench? Or is he going to say, hey, you know, I'd agreed to stay here. I should be getting half the half the ice time. What is what's the first thing that Barry does when Varlamov's healthy? Every other game. How is that good for Sorokin's development, first of all? And I could care less about Varlamov. He served his time. He did what he needed to do. Get Sorokin ready. Move yeah. on. Get, I get two comments here, Grumpy, and I'm going to go to used restroom. Uh, JK, two minutes pessimistic, and saying, uh, I'm here to acknowledge everybody's concerns about re-signing Cal Clutterbuck in Parise. However, the glass half full is our third line left wing being on an AAV of $1.75 million, or even if it's vet minimum and he got some sort of bonus in there, whatever it is. You know, it doesn't matter. I think it's still even a good deal. Uh, our fourth line left wing only making uh, $1.75 million, and they haven't re-signed yet Chara and Green. I'm going to play devil's advocate and reserve my final judgment for Lou until we see uh, what the roster looks like for training camp. Ducks thrown, rotten tomatoes. Um, though the re-signing of Kyle Clutterbuck and Parise are a bit concerning to be diplomatic. Okay. I'll, take, I'll tackle both those from Jake. Uh, okay, let's look at it in a bubble. If you're a team that is a Stanley Cup contender and you're happy with your fourth line, you sign one. Both? You had to sign both? The money's not a whole lot. I think it was 750k, not 1.75 for uh, Parise, but I also heard it was 1.5, not 750. So there's probably some type of bonuses in there that we're not aware of. And Clutterbuck's 1.75. Did you need to sign him for two years? Was that really necessary? Again, you're bringing back guys who are mid-30s to late-30s. Where are the spots for younger players? Or to bring in better players? It's not the money. It's the, the glut and the logjam of forwards on this team that you have, have for contracts going forward. How are you going to get better if you keep on signing guys in their late 30s to play on a team every year? I, I, I don't understand it. You could have easily let them go, drop some of the other guys down who aren't producing, a Bailey, a Lee, notwithstanding his little hot streak here. Drop them down to playing on third lines, right? Then you could bring in a player who could play on your first line or your second line. But when you keep on signing Bottom line players, you, there's no way for the guys who aren't producing on the upper line, uh, upper spots who have big contracts still with the team to drop down in the lineup where they really deserve to be. And then you fill up with better players up top. Mm. I, I, I mean, I, I don't know how in any other way to explain it. And I know I didn't explain it well either. I didn't hear anything you said, but. Yeah, uh, you didn't miss much because it's just like, okay, long story short, the more older guys you keep bringing in, the less chance there is to improve the team. There you go. Drill says, so I can't make excuses for missing a homework assignment to my college professor, but yet Lou and Barry can make <laughs> make all these excuses get away with it. Aren't we New Yorkers? They're not making excuses. They said that. We know yeah, that we know Shannon made the excuses for them so they could deny well to Lou so they could deny them. David D saying here, we will get a defenseman similar to Nick Letty, but watch no offensive forward that scores goals. Could you see us bringing back Nick Letty? Yes, I absolutely could see them re signing Nick Letty to some ridiculous deal. 
Absolutely. Barry Trotz, Barry Trotz loves loved Nick Letty in the past. I know he wasn't great last year, but I don't know. Could you see them saying, hey, Nick Letty, we're going to take you back on the cheap. Nick Letty, that was, that was one of the big pieces we lost, and now we need to bring Nick Letty back. You want to see someone pissed off? Watch me and TJ. If they resign Nick Letty, that's the big offseason acquisition. Mm. He's yeah. in his 30s, too. Nick Letty and Phil Forsberg. Those are the two big offseason Phil acquisitions. Phil Forsberg's not coming here. He's not coming here. Uh, Brian B. Brian P. saying here, go ask Sullivan how he managed to keep Pittsburgh above water year after year, especially this year with Malkin out two months, Crosby out a month, Gensel and Rust all out at the same time. That's a good... Well, well, Brian, you know, it's just not even fair to compare those. That's, I mean, like, you know, we, the Islanders had bigger injuries. The Islanders had COVID, uh, Brian. I, I don't think you realize that. The Islanders had COVID. We had a 13-game road trip to start the season, so it doesn't matter if Crosby, Malkin, Gensel, Russ, every single player was out at that time period. We had to field an AHL roster out there on the ice for two games. That was here's the reason the we lost the season. Here's the thing. Sullivan's a better coach than Barry Trotz. He's not married to his system. And, and he's not a better team than us. And he's not afraid to play younger players when he has to. Those are just facts. Pittsburgh's a better team than us, too. Yeah. <laughs> They've got Hall of Fame caliber players. And thing is, even with Crosby at his age and Malcolm at their age, they're still fantastic players, better than any player on our team, even in their late 30s, mid-30s. Does I mean, is there anybody on our team better than Crosby, Malkin, and Gensel? Hell no. no. I mean, maybe Gensel. But, I mean, Crosby, Malkin, absolutely not. No, Gensel. You think there's somebody on our team better than Gensel? He's Sorokin. Okay, Skater. I'm talking about not. Skater. I'm not talking about forward. Probably not. Skater, probably not. I mean, Matt Barzell given up. Yes. That's pretty obvious. Because I think he's better when he's playing when he's playing hard. He just like I said, he he's done here. He's done here. Man, look at Crosby. Crosby, 52 games, 64 points again. Man, again. How old is he? How old is he? 34 years old. Finished, right? He's finished. That's a guy you extend. Why? Because he's a generational talent. Those are the guys who can play well into their 30s. Ovechkin, Malkin. Gensel's young. Rust, Rust was a freaking free. He was like anyone could have had Rust, Brian Rust. He goes there and he's a great player. Helps that he's playing with Crosby and Gensel. That helps. Mm. But still, he took advantage of his opportunity. He's young too. Mm. They got some older guys, but their older guys are really freaking good. Our older guys suck. They, they, Freaking blow chunks. Just put it the that way. Michael B said Lou induced vomiting consistently, testing uh the porcelain on my toilet toilet. Uh TJ, have a great trip, buddy. Well deserved. Thanks, Michael. I appreciate it. I will try. I'll try. Speaking I'll try to blowing think as, chunks. There I'll try, you go. Think, I'll try to think as little as I can about the islanders while I'm on that trip, but once a week for an hour. Uh Brian P says here, Hey Lou, you haven't improved the offense in four years. And what do you say? Here's the thing. His first year here, he and Barry, I'll never forget it. Yep, we need to improve the forward group. Absolutely, we need to get more scoring. And what's he done in four years? Nothing. Nothing. He figures that no one listens or no one cares or they forget. He just throws some new line of shit out there every single year. We just <laughs> swallow that shit right up like starving dogs. Oh. Pigs at the trough. Oh, man. Good gracious. Uh, and then uh, Brian Gaines says here, um, TJ, Boychuk isn't with the team anymore. He had his rights traded away to Buffalo so the Sabres can reach a draft. Oh, I, I didn't know if that you could still be a part of management on another team. You're hot. He's not, you're part, of management. 
He's not part of management here. I thought he was more like a hey, like kind of like on a volunteers type basis, kind of from like a hey, he helps out game or you know, kind of not as hands on as other head, not as hands on as other coaches. But I thought he he was he had some sort of pulse like he did last year on the team. I didn't know if that was still the same. I think the last time that Lou acquiesced to speak to the media, uh, he mentioned that they'd love to get him back in some type of capacity with the organization when, when the time was right. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, so I, I couldn't remember that. I appreciate that, Brandon. Um, Joseph C. says here, and that's part of the problem. If you want to improve a team in a hard cap league, you need cap space to do so. Sellers should be looking to dump salary cap so they can improve elsewhere. What should we call them, Lou, if they're not sellers? Should we call them opportunist? Opportunist. Opportunist. You're your opportunist, and here are your go-getters. We're going to call them the go-getters and the opportunists. The there you go. There you go, TJ. Opportunists and go-getters. There you go. That should make Lou happy. Yeah. Lou Lamarillo, um, are you guys going to be opportunists at the deadline, or are you guys going to be go-getters? He's Can you elaborate? A, no. He's going to be like he is in life, a flatliner. Boop. <laughs> You know what? Hey, I know we're being negative as hell. There's reason to be negative. At least hopefully we can bring you a few chuckles along the way through the negativity. That's what it is. Dry, funny humor. Rob G says here, hey, fellas, hope your body is well. Thanks, Rob. I'm doing well. My body yeah, it's doing well. Grumpy, your body doing well? Yeah, that's all right. <laughs> Got to have faith. If we don't make it this year, we'll be there in the playoffs next year. Guaranteed. And then Frank is saying, absolutely. Guarantee it. Let's get it marked up. Drew L says, sometimes I wish the honor fans were like Knicks fans. Fans just need to go into UBS Arena and chant fire boo for Lou and Barry, or Barry and Lou, um, like the Knicks fans did when they chanted uh, James Dolan to sell the team. Uh, sometimes you got to get angry. But like I said, it's right now, near that bad. I don't defend are so happy because we lost in the Eastern Conference Finals two years in a row, and we got a new arena, and, you know, think about what it was before then. See, that's the way they look at it. I'm just like, I don't care. It's not good enough. Mm. Being another one of the loser franchises is not good enough. Rob G says here, yes, I enjoy listening to your show, but I get a little upset because you're real because uh, you're really uh you really blast the team is what he meant to say. You really blast the team. Rob, we just try to point it out like we see it. I don't want to pom pom and wave it. We try to bring some fun. We try to bring some laughter. No, we're not boring podcasts like some of these other podcasts. So we try to bring some laughter. We say what we think. I hope I shit, I hope I'm wrong. I hope Grumpy's wrong. I hope Grumpy's even more wrong than I am. Have but, I ever uh, been wrong, though? Sometimes. No. Zach Parise. Yes. Oh, right. Zach yeah, Zach Parise. Parise. I can yeah. point out one time in the four years or five years we've been doing this that you've yeah. been blatantly wrong. I didn't, yeah, I didn't think he'd have much, and he's performed better. But, okay, but I was wrong on a third liner. You thought he's going to make a difference. I said it, he's not going to make any difference, and he hasn't. Actually, we've gotten worse. Mm -hmm. And then uh, so I guess I was right. Islander fans are very loyal. Not as deep in the fan base, but they are loyal. Absolutely. True. True. Absolutely. Thick and thin. No doubt about it. JK here saying here, um, I can't believe a general manager is asking players if they want to move. That's the tail is, wailing the, uh, is whacking the dog, no? You're paying them to play. I, I, that's just part of I mean, no, nope, there should never be any trades. 
Sorry, because you like it here. Okay, Kyle Palmieri, you bought a house on Long Island. Okay, that means we got to re-sign you to four-year contract that you absolutely do not deserve. Okay. Mm. And then uh, Brian P. says here, Lou, you phony, how come you fired Julian with two weeks left in the season even the Devils were in first place? How many times did he do that? He fired a coach right at the end. I don't think it was Julian. Maybe it was Julian. But he's done that shit to coaches all the time. They're people. they're people, Grump. They're people. No, they're not. Obviously, they're not. Maybe you care about them as a people, not transactional. Yeah. yeah. Or fires a guy and puts himself behind the bench. Oh, yeah. How'd that one work out for you, Lou? Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Just And here's the thing. They wound up winning the Stanley Cup that year. So it was the right move. But don't tell me how loyal you are. I, I, see, that's I totally team forgot about first, Team was in first fucking place. <laughs> Fire that coach. I don't know if they they were close. Maybe maybe they were. It was I'm going way back when it happened. But yes, he fired the coach with two weeks to go. Think about that. Think about that. But you're all about the people, right? Lou, so full of shit. Like I said, he's a liar. He's a liar. He's like I said. I want to be like part of the woke society, dude. You're lucky to wake up every morning. Great. Rob, Rob G said, "I believe it, but you guys have some nasty comments about the players. They want to win too, man. I think they do want the players want to win. I never question the players wanting to win on the ice. The system, I think, is too demanding for them to play that style. I never doubt a players. You hear me doubting about Matt Barzal. We love Matt Barzal. I'm doubting Matt Barzal's effort level. I'm doubting Matt Barzal's drive on the ice because I think he's just uninterested. But I mean, I, I doubt." some of the players on this team, their drive. Absolutely I do. Because I see what they're capable of or what they're capable of on some brief occasions. I'm like, where and I call it out. I'm like, where is this all the time? Anders Lee, Josh Bailey. These are leaders of your a captain and an assistant. They show up half the time. Brock Nelson, same thing. These are the veteran leaders on this team. Show up half the time. They don't play hard every night. That's why I'm complimentary of Palmieri to a certain extent, and Zach Parise. Anthony Bavillier, same thing. When he brings it, you can tell. Matt Barzell, when he brings it, you can tell. Why don't you play like that all the time? Because you got your little panties in a bunch for some reason? I don't care. So, yes, I call him out for that. Because no matter what your skill set, and I teach this to the kids when I coach them, everyone can try their best. That's something that doesn't take a skill. That takes will and determination and drive. Sometimes we have it. Sometimes we don't. When I don't see it, out you go. I don't want to see you anymore. Absolutely. Um, Joseph C. says here, I'm sure Lou said the same thing about the Devils and the Leafs fans when he was general manager over there, too. Yeah, just where he got his ass bounced. Time B. said, interesting, you both haven't touched on the anger, on his anger at the fact that Trot has not been extended yet, and it was leaked out. We talked about that yesterday, Tommy. Yeah, we did. And here's the thing. I, I don't know. I I don't think I think Trotz has made mistakes this year. Simple He's been as that. terrible, just like the whole organization this year. I think and and again, what does it say to, you know, if you're trying to keep your job as Lou? Who knows how, realistically how long do you think Lou wants to continue to do this? He should be gone already. They but, should bring in a Titan, right? If he wants to, let's say, ideally, he wants to be there till the day he dies. Maybe he does. Maybe he wants to take a year or two to himself for his family. I don't know. He's ne- He's been in hockey for 60-plus freaking years in some capacity. But, you know, when your team's losing like this, and if you were to double down on a coach like that and extend him, the noose tightens real quick on you, 
really quick. And I have no idea how long he wants to be here. So okay. it's just something I'm looking at. Okay. I don't want Pope Lou as GM of the New York Islanders. I don't want him here till he dies. Don't want that. He's infallible, Grump. That's what you meant to say, because he's infallible, have, too. Maybe we have to call in the Corleone crew to take it, get him out then. Here's <laughs> the thing. I think I don't think Barry Trott's going to be back. That's what I'm saying. I think he's gone after next year. Matt Barzell will not play for Barry Trotz past next year. One of them will go. Uh, whatever. I think it's next year, right? One yeah. of them will go. One of them will go. You're going to see the contract negotiations with Barzell, and the first thing is to say, I want that, that armadillo bastard out. I'm not playing for him anymore. And then they have to make a decision. Barzell or Trotz? I say Barzell looks at it this way. He sees how bad the team is now. TJ said he wouldn't stand for a rebuild. How bad do you think it's going to be after next year when you roll back all the old guys? Then you're full-on rebuild because they're all done. All of them are toast. Then what are you going to do? You could have eased into it gracefully. Chose not to. I think this is going to come to a head. Maybe this offseason. Who knows? Mm. Uh, Frank also saying, uh, me too. I listen to all the Islanders podcasts. TJ and the Grumpy Old Man are ruthless, but I like comparing them to the other views of the podcast. I dream of a happy medium. So I guess we're like, you know, when good battles evil, I guess we're evil. Everybody else is everybody. No, I'm just kidding. But everybody else is so flowery with their depiction of the Islanders. We must be the absolute anti-flowery vision. Thing. TJ used to be more of, he. I used to call him, what are you, a Pollyanna. I used to call him Pollyanna fan. You could be though. There was a, there was a, I could make the argument for it. I can't make the argument for it now. If I can legitimately make an argument for it and I could see that there's some way I can believe that or people can believe that, I can't. I just don't see the other side right now. And we like, what we like to do is usually play, hey, devil's advocate. I, you know, grumpy's ultra negative. I try to say, this is what fans say. This is why I believe that they could, that you could be wrong with your statement, grumpy. I, I don't, I don't see the other side right now from the, from the fan base at the moment. I don't remember that's your role, though. That's your role. Your your role is to be. You know, our role is to be real. That's my role. Our, our no no no. It's the entire show's role. Our show is meant to be real, and not meant to say, "Oh, we've got Ilya Sorokin in that, so we should be set for the next ten years as a franchise because he's a fantastic goalie, and you know, a hot goalie can go ahead and win us games." I know we struggled this year, but Sorokin's in that should probably win a few vests. No, that's not here's, the job of the show. Here's another thing, Frank. Uh, on our show, we actually talk to the fans. You don't see that on the other shows. Some shows they do, but other most shows you don't. Really? Name one. Most shows you don't. Name uh, one. I grumpy. I don't know any of the shows. There I don't are know. none. There stop. are none. Stop, stop, stop. Coach Tommy Baffy's corner does. Um, Jake K says here, my gut feeling. Not really a show. My gut feeling is that he needs to re-sign players like Cal Clutterbuck and Parise because nobody wants to come here. I think this preconceived notion towards playing with us is wrong. There are a lot of good reasons to play on the island. True. They just don't want to play for Barry Trotz, and they don't want to play this style and system. That's what I think the biggest problem is. It's like, yeah, you think I want to go play some grinded-out defensive style every night if I'm uh, Forsberg, Gaudreau, name any player with any offensive skill i'm not playing for that guy mm. shit look what he's done to barzell killed him murdered him <laughs> they know they talked believe me barzell talks to other players around the league i hate it here <laughs> i can't wait 
to get I would, out. I, I, he always wonder like I would love for his text to get leaked that he sent another play. I can only like Marty St. Louis text. That was the best. Absolutely <laughs> oh, the best. Man. If that doesn't tell you what he feels about Barry Trotz, holy crap. That was it in a nutshell. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Um, Tony Caso said, the last time I went to the Islanders game, I got a free towel to wave at the game. Uh, I locked it up. Uh, I looked it up later. Uh, this month, they're giving away free no trade clauses to everybody who bought tickets. <laughs> ah, very good. Tony Cheese. I love it. I love it, buddy. Uh, Brian P. says here, you know what? I'm looking forward to when Lou retires, aren't we all? Rob G says here, um, who are the last two teams that can make it to the semifinals? Or who are the, the who are the last two teams to make it to the semifinals twice in the in a row? It's a big achievement. I remember back in the early 80s, I was a kid. Um, they, you know, they'll be back in there soon. Is he talking about Islander teams? One of the yeah, I guess one of the last two teams. I was about to say you could say the Tampa Bay Lightning have made it to back to back Eastern Conference Finals and won back to back cups. But I think he's talking about we Islander. went to the we went to the semifinals. I want to say one at least seven years in a row, something like that, back in the eighties. Mm. I mean, here's the thing: Tampa Bay's been to two years in a row. Mm. Oh yeah, they won too. Okay. Let's not talk about that. Anyway, um, uh, Shay said, I once started chanting uh, free Sallow. <laughs> we want Sallow uh, after a bad loss at a game. And Lou was behind me. Didn't even realize uh, he was behind me and gave me a dirty look. Holy shit. Are you kidding me? He should be oblivious to that shit. Yeah. Absolutely oblivious to that. You said as the older they get. Remember, you talked about Barry Trotz. The older he gets, the thinner skin is. Maybe yeah, Lou's well, the same is. way. I looked at the top of his head. Looks like he was leaking. Joseph C said, I think Lou has too big of an ego to step aside unless forced to. This is the same man who won three cups over 20 years ago. It's been a long time since he's won a cup. I thought about that. You know, he's really living on that rep. rep. My dad used to say, remember Bruce Jenner? Now it's Caitlyn Jenner. He said he won a decathlon gold medal in 1976. And I remember my dad said, seeing him on weedy boxes and doing commercials like, that guy's lived longer off of doing one thing his whole life than anybody I've ever seen. That's like Lou Lamarillo now. Oh, goodness. Rob G said, do you guys ever go to the games or uh, are you not close to the rink? I'm not close to the rink and neither is Grump. I haven't been and I uh, want to go to a home game so bad. Maybe next year. No, you, I haven't you, been. Actually, you should go. You got plenty of room to stretch out. You can lay down across a row of seats. No one else is there. Next year. And you get your seats for like 10 bucks. How can you, you go wrong? Broke it down. STH means season ticket holder. Thank you. I do not get acronyms. I don't pick them up quick. You got to let me know. Spell everything out. Spell it out. Where's Nick my baby? Put my baby back up there. Grumpy accidentally got rid of the comment. Nick uh, D says here, uh, TJ Grumpy, how are you guys doing? Like I said before, Grump, dark days are afoot. Um, I'd say sweep everybody out. Lou, Barry, everybody else, and bringing good young management coaching. They've, uh, they've done what they were brought in to do, which is bring us respectability, Back to the New York Islanders. They franchise. did it quicker than they I ever that. imagined. They brought they brought they did it quicker than I could ever have imagined them to as well. And the best move that Lou Lamarillo ever did was what TJ bringing in Barry Trotz. That's right. That was it. But now they've served their purpose. It's time for new blood. Nothing wrong with that. Mm. Max Power says here, who needs more draft picks anyway? So you talk to your general manager and find out <laughs> if more draft picks is right for you. I think I don't think he, I think he's joking around, but yeah, we always we I could always use more draft picks. Um, Rob G, and here's the thing: 
even if you get the draft picks and then trade them away for something else, it's just value. You just, it's just like you're bringing in value, you're maximizing the yeah. value for what you can get. Trade up, trade, you know, move up to get somebody you, that you like. I mean, nothing. Who doesn't know how to maneuver a damn draft board? We've acquired a second and a third from Parise and Cal Clutterbuck, and we were able to re-sign him this offseason. Fantastic. Well, we don't want to have two seconds and a third. There's one guy that we really like that slipped all the way to 15. We really think he's a top five talent. We're going to trade away uh, two of us. We're going to trade away two seconds this year's third, two thirds, whatever the hell you need to do to get up to get the player that you really feel is the key guy. I, you know, yeah, it just gives you flexibility. It's all as much as Seattle has been a dumpster fire, honestly. Man, France has done a good job acquiring draft assets. You know they're not going to pick 33, 35 players over the next three years. They're not going to do that. They're going to move up and down the draft board. But that's a smart thing to do, especially for a, uh, an ex a team that's bad like that. That's what we should be doing because we're right there. Didn't they shut us out? Oh, man. Uh, Rob G saying uh, they do need to start Bellows. They do need to start playing Bellows more often. Yeah, they're not going to. Yeah, he's. I mean, he's. Eh, what do you do with Bellows, right? Do you even? You're going to re-sign him back and just let him sit on the bench all next year too? Pretty much. They're, they're going to ho-sang him. Sucks. Sucks what? for him. Didn't didn't he say like two weeks ago? Yeah, Bellows has earned the time he needs to be playing. He did. All the time. He did say that Bellows has earned a chance to get more playing time and a legitimate opportunity. He's earned that. Well, how quick things could change. And I said that shit, too. I said, it's only a matter of time. He said, he'll say these comments and say, do we believe them? You were optimistic that you believed them. I said, no freaking way. This guy's lying straight through his freaking teeth. Trots I was in. hoping. I wanted it. I wanted it to be right. It's all coach speak. You could you could freaking once you once you hear enough of them, you just distinguish everything. It's all coach speak. Uh, all shit. Uh, Frank says, I cried a little when they lost the cup to the Oilers. That last game in the fifth cup, five cups in a row. Ah, blows my mind. Should have won that series. We were really banged up by the time. I mean, really banged up. Had a tough couple of series, real physical before then. Uh, I think Boston was just, it was brutal. And we were just banged. I still thought we were going to win. You know, I was what, however old I was then. Uh, but I didn't, I didn't think we were going to lose. I was stunned we lost to Edmonton. I just, I thought we'd never lose. Tony Queso says here, Lou would probably mortgage the next 10 years at a mortgage lender machine in the casino. Gotcha. Oh, good gracious. Um, Dan L saying here, uh, what do you think the Islanders are going to do with a bridge contract for Dobson? Something like five years at six million per or five million or six million per year. Uh, that makes him an unrestricted free agent around 27, 28 years old. Then you know, then he can really cash in. He uh it's a big raise from the salary or potential salary of the next couple of years. I think they're going to give him like a three-year small bridge deal. I don't, yeah. I'm not a fan of it, but that's what I think they're going to do. Yeah, that, I, I agree. They won't lock him up like they should because we only lock up guys who are in their 30s. The The mentality we have is continue to say, hey, uh, we're going to continue to keep the vets together and to keep older players together. But in order to do that, we have to have as much cap space available as humanly possible. What? So we have to give a guy like Noah Dobson a three-year deal and give him maybe three and a half, four million per. And then when he's only got, I think it's one year of restricted free agency left, he's going to want to cash in and get paid nine and a half, ten, eleven million dollars three years from now. And then you're going to say, oh, how are we going to make that happen? Oh, well, wait a second. We could have signed him to a deal maybe of eight, you know, seven million per for, you know, an eight year contract or, you know, uh, maybe even a little more. I mean, yeah. You could have signed him and locked him in long term and bought a lot of years of restricted free agency and had some of those unrestricted free agent years in his prime at a more reasonable price. Or 
they just say, you know, even though, you know, everyone's a person and, you know, I'm a people person and Noah Dotson's a better player than these washed up ham and eggers who were making more money than him. He's not as really as much a person as these older guys. They're more people than he is. They're better people than he is. So we're going to lowball him. He always lowballs the young guys. He doesn't go out of his way to pay the young guys what they're worth. He'd rather overpay the old washed up pieces of shit veterans that litter this roster. Oh, man. Um, and then Brian P says, uh, Holmstrom, great pick. Kaliev, 12 points. And Tomasino, 10, or I'm sorry, 12 goals. Tomasino, 10 goals, playing fourth line minutes, getting better as the year goes on. They're both they will, last night. Casper Holmstrom will always be compared to those three guys. Always. It what he does, we oh, we knew the fucking moment after the we knew the moment after we skipped over those players. What the hell are we doing? We talked about before the draft, yep. just two everyday average Joe guys don't do any significant. It's not like we were watching every single game that that Philip Tomasino played in junior. So I didn't watch every single game. I didn't travel across the world to watch. You know, I didn't travel up north to watch Kaliev. I didn't travel to watch Tomasino. I didn't travel to watch any of these guys. Just see it based off of what I saw and a few games here or there from the seat of my couch. I'm going to tell you the reason why they didn't draft Tomasino was infinitely the best player available at that point was because he said he patterned his game after Matt Barzell. He was automatic. You know, like how they go up on the draft board, guys that they just would never draft. That's one of them. Not because of any character concerns or anything like that. You know, they just red flag those guys. It's because, oh, Matt Barzell, shit. I got to work on this guy to turn him into a freaking grinder. I don't want to go through that shit again. That's what Barry said. Get this guy off our draft board. He's not even on the draft board. Frank saying I was 14 and 84. I loved LaFontaine too, um, as well as Patrick Flatley. Um, I thought they would have uh, been new long-term stars, but it was short-lived with that team, sadly. The whole thing is we got all of our guys who have been together all that time got old at the same time. And by the time they hit 30, 31, they all fell off the map. And all those years of picking late in a draft, and got to remember then, guys were like had to be 20 before they were drafted. I don't know when that exactly stopped. Maybe it was during that run. But you weren't getting any as many diamonds in the rough. And the players were more of who they were going to be at 20 as opposed to 18. So you had a better look at how good they were going to be. So those guys aged out all the pretty much at the same time within the last couple of years. Not like now. These guys were all in the mid-30s. The Islander guys were just hitting 30, and we were finished. Um, Brett W. says here, um, how many season ticket holders were invited to, the, to Lou Lamarillo will be wearing the glasses, the orange and blue glasses? A lot Bobby of Baffy will. Uh, a lot of the fan base still thinks that Lou and Barry are doing a great job. Um, Rob G says the Capitals are going to finish six and eleven. The Islanders need to win eighteen games. They need to go eighteen and four, and the and the, the Capitals need to finish six and eleven. Good luck. Did you hear Lou in that last comment? He's like the playoffs are still a possibility. I'm like, bro, just stop. Come on. Hodaz says it. Hodaz, long time no hear. Hodaz. Hodaz says, did I miss a grumpy boot licking weasel face this for this episode? This one and last one and. <laughs> the one that the emergency podcast beforehand too on monday um it's a zinger of a podcast when he makes it when that makes an appearance absolutely how it is um anthony r says here lou is definitely trading picks and guys like ratu this offseason he is going to go with an old core for at least one more year 
There goes the Islanders' future. Yep. They might as well just blow up the team. If they do that, Matt Barzell's gone. I don't. He said you might as well sign Trotz back. I'll get sign you one year tender, and I'm gone. He'll get traded, probably to Detroit for a used puck bag. Maybe I don't know. Who knows what? Uh, does it? And Matthew S says here the problem with the Devils is other than Hamilton, who's a defenseman that they have? Um, uh, they've got no goalie that's good enough to make a difference. I mean, the dangers they had to. I mean, Wedgwood's not fantastic. Bernier getting hurt didn't Blackwood. help. Blackwood's their number one goalie. I'm sorry, Blackwood. Yeah, I mean, that they've gone through a litany of goalies this season. I mean, they've had a lot of injuries. Devils have had a lot of injuries. Um, Frank also saying, I disagree. The owners aren't going to let an 80-year-old crash the boat. They will do something due to the cost of the UBS arena. And mark my words, um, we will get close to the Capitals and uh, and need a couple of moves made. And they'll be contending next year. Guaranteed, Grumpy. Okay. All right, Frank. We won't forget that. And he also said, I cannot believe all the bars all bashing on these Islander forums. It's sickening. I had I, I had a big argument online today with a few of them. I wish people would send me the screenshots of that stuff. I can't even bother reading all the nonsense, but the really bad ones I like to look at, the ones that are like really crazy takes, that's what I like to look at because I'm like, there are fans, when I bring up these points that may be ludicrous, there are fans that actually are out there saying that. It's not like I make that shit up. I'm not creative enough. We know the Grumpy's the creative one. I'm not the creative one on this show. Coach Tommy B says here, Bavillier is the most likely to be traded. Could be Bavillier plus. Yep. You don't need to yell at Tommy. We know that. Oh. He's the only guy who's got value. Mm-hmm. He's the only guy that another team would actually want. Mm. It only works if you hopefully sign Forsberg or Goudreau. That's not happening. They want. Why do they want to come here? I have to ask. Why would they want to come here? TC stadium. Wish, the I fans wish. don't even want to come here for a new stadium. Oh, uh, I wish be a winner. Uh, I don't know about that. We ain't winning. To mm. say hi to Barry, doubt that. And then, uh, and uh, Matthew C saying, "I wish Bailey would be gone. I like a Bavillier." Um. Oh man, I tell you, Grump, there's still a lot of comments here. Um, let's do this here. We got through a lot of comments. We got through a lot of comments. Um, but I'll read a couple that I see. Yeah, there's certain ones that you like. Um, go ahead and let us know. Wrong Grump. This is from Frank. Wrong Grump. Players will come here to to win. I don't know why they come here to win. This team is close. No, they're not. Forsberg will come. I guarantee it. No, he won't. He likes Lou. Who cares? Maybe, maybe, and, maybe he likes Barry because he's and, worked with Barry in the past, and he could put the team over the top to win. No, sorry, Frank, not happening. Our our problems are more than one winger; they just are. We've been terrible. I um, wonder. I'm just trying to read ones that have question marks next to them. It's like there's a million comments still, and I want to get to a few of them more. But I know we're right around like two, you know, almost three hours. John P says here. Um, I wonder what kind of offers Lou received on Varlamov. Oh, that's a good question. That's Don't a good know. question. Don't know. The Islanders got a second round pick for Nick Letty. For worthless Nick Letty, anything is possible. And Stevie Y traded the same exact, even more worthless Nick Letty for a second Oscar Lung or Oscar <laughs> Sunquist and another player. I'm like, how the fuck does he do it? People, people, do you remember that? Really quickly, do you remember when people were saying, oh, well, Stevie Y might not be as good as Joe Sackett? He gave up a second round pick for Nick Letty. Can you believe that? That son of a bitch one upped himself once again. Not only did he get the second round pick back, holy shit, he went ahead and got. <laughs> He went ahead and got himself Oscar Sunquist and another player. Man. 
like I said, I'd be leery. Now, here's the thing. I think he's a guy who falls too much in love with skill, and that's his downfall. He didn't want to move anybody or any draft picks while he was in Tampa. At some point in time, when you're really close like that, you have to do that to get what you need. That's where Breezebaugh came in, got the toughness and physicality, and, well, the rest is history. Um, if I'm trading for any puck moving defenseman, it's Vince Dunn. Um, there's a chance he signs uh, only a one-year deal in, in Seattle to go to, to go to be a free agent. Um, I take advantage if possible. Or maybe they say, hey, this is a guy we want to build around. We're going to offer him a long-term deal. He wants maybe some certainty. I don't think Vince Dunn's lit the world on fire. No, that's what I was going to say. I would say Chickren's probably better than Vince Dunn. What are you going to have to get give up to get Vince Dunn? It's not like I'm trading Bavillier and a bunch of young guys for Vince Dunn. I might be willing to do and Sallow for Vince Dunn. I might be willing to do it for Chickren, but not for Dunn. Will S says, as Pelican and Dobson and Chikrin, uh Pulak pairings, uh, what would be the top three um, in would the league? Be, would, would be top three in the league. Work Those from the net out. Yes, that's the way you should do it. Mm. Mm -hmm. I mean, then you're set. Honestly, you're rocks. All right, your bottom pair, give them, what, 14 minutes a night? Let those guys have the lion's share of the ice time. You get away with that. Absolutely. Uh, Shea says Zarnak is an unrestricted free agent and he's going to be in his 30. He's going to be 30 years old this season. I'll probably sign him back. Is Zarnak really that old? I thought he was like late 20s. I didn't know how late. Well, Damn. late 20s and 30 is pretty much the same thing, isn't it? It's like 28, but maybe I'm wrong. Oh, I, man, I thought Zarnak was a little younger. For, oh, he's 29. Yeah, he's going to be 30 next year. Yeah. Does fit our MO. Does fit our MO. Maybe a big contract. Maybe a four-year contract is coming. Um, well, usually those fourth-line guys have to be in their mid to late 30s, though. Early 30s, just a little too early. Um, Young whippersnapper. Um, guys, did you hear about Barzal and Trot's shouting match? No reporter said a word about it. Yes, we have. Oh, where did you hear? I'm sorry. Where did you hear about oh, that? Oh, we can't say. Can't say. Uh, but I did hear again. I did, Shores we trust said that there was there was some uh, there was a little real bit problem. Head. Real there was there there were butting heads. Doesn't I? I don't doubt that at all. Nope, not one bit. Um, we're out of the race come Thanksgiving next season. Oh, probably, probably. No, I don't think so. I think we'll hang in till Christmas. I was about to say yeah, that's early. That's early. Um. You'll never sign a big-name free agent if you don't give them a no-trade clause. I mean, uh, what we've never signed a big-name free agent. so <laughs> We sign our own guys back who are freaking useless and give them no-trade clauses. He gives that shit away like candy. Um, Did Anders Lee need a no-trade clause? Really? Barzi will be mentally checked out if we're out by Thanksgiving next year, just like Tavares. Only question then is how will Lou handle it? Hopefully better than stuff. Here's the thing. If we're out of the playoff race by Thanksgiving, here's one thing. If we're out of the race by, let's say, Jan late January or February, Lou and Barry are both fired. Gone. Goodbye. We're changing direction. Goodbye. Both of you. Gone. Fired midseason. Boop. Both of them. Gone. Uh, yeah. Here's the thing. If you don't make the playoffs two years in a row, Thank you so much. You brought respectability back to this team, made it to back-to-back -back Eastern Conference Finals. I just saw you last year finish 20 points out of a playoff spot, and now we're headed to the same direction. I kind of noticed a trend here. Our team's old. You've handcuffed us with a whole bunch of shitty contracts to these old players. We're not getting better. Last year wasn't an anomaly, despite what all the excuses we threw out there. Goodbye. Gone. 
a trend is actually seven consecutive events in the same declining order, but I don't think they'll get another seven years. So we can, I'm going to quibble with the word trend, but yes, I understand what you're saying. Mm. Uh, making the playoffs is not optimistic. It's plain stupid. Oh man. Oh man. Um, uh, Frank saying TJ, I think maybe Lou worried, uh, they wouldn't come back or the, or they wouldn't come back. Uh, you never know. Um, and Clutterbuck is crucial to the fourth line. Here's the, so if what? they don't want to come back. So what? I, I, that's the, it, it goes completely against the narrative that he, then he would be lying to us about, about how many guys want to buy in and how much they love it here. Okay. okay. Uh, is he lying to us or is he just plain dumb? I, I don't know what's worse. Okay. Frank, Frank, listen to me now. They don't want to come back. So what? He's a 35 year old fourth liner. He's a 38 year old third, fourth liner. So what? They're bottom six guys. Bottom six guys are a dime a freaking dozen. Parisi has, what, 15 points this year? Clutterbuck has, what, 10? I mean, who cares? You can get that production from anyone. You don't need to resign guys in their late 30s to play bottom six roles. You just don't. Max P saying, exactly, TJ. Make trade for draft picks. Bring them back in the offseason. If they don't really, if they really want to be here, makes zero sense how this all went down. That's why I said we've been told how much they don't want to be moved, how much they love being here. If that's the case, let's get some draft capital for you. And guess what? We can use that to add to our team this offseason. We're really so hell bent on doubling down. That's given us another second and third that we could throw at to improve our roster for this year, for this upcoming year. I, I, I'm just like the entire management of, of the of what the situation we're in, which is freaking asinine and dumb. True. I feel like I'm letting a lot of f bombs go, but I need to stop. Um, True, you do. Uh, Tiny B saying here takes time to increase flexibility, break down scar tissue. Once oh, again, standard God. for government. No, man, I'm sorry. That's no. to Tommy B. I've had microfracture surgery. Took not even a year to fully recover. Played at a high level. Played in college. Played in professionally. Had chances there. I'm telling you, it does not take a full year for an NHL player to recover from an ACL surgery. If you're back yep. out there skating, it'd be like a running back being out there making cuts and running on a consistent basis. And him saying, after I'm running full speed and after making cuts, it's going to take me another eight months to get ready. That's complete shit. I those injuries, those injuries are really easy to come back from nowadays. It's not like it's 20 years ago. They're, NFL players are back in nine months. Nine 18. months running and cutting. Nine months running and cutting. Tommy's the only injury Tommy's ever had was elbow pain from lifting freaking bottles to be drinking alcohol like he's doing on his podcast. <laughs> stop. Stop. He thinks he's kidding. Stop, Grumpy. Stop. Um, it's so wrong. And hockey's so much easier than playing football or basketball. It's not on, on the knees, it's not even comparable. Uh, You're gliding. I did not intend to subtly roast Michael T. I don't intend to roast anybody. <laughs> so if I did, I apologize. If I see a comment that I don't like, I'm just going to say it how it is. Just don't take it personal. It's not anything personal. <laughs> I like everybody personally, so don't don't take oh. it. Not, it's not personal. <laughs> I, slam, I slammed Tommy. It was personal. Uh, about, his, about his elbow injury from, you know, tip it. <laughs> <laughs> Grump, have you been actually drinking any of the grape juice today? Just a little bit. Not too much. I was about to say, you, you seem well hydrated. Did you get enough grape juice in early? No. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I tell you. Uh, the sellers made out like bandits. The Islanders could have made out big, too. Yeah, Matthew has said, I said criminal. I still be. No, it's not you, Matthew. I'm telling you, fans are out there saying, we need to do something. We need to do something. If we don't, I'll be disappointed. And the same fans are saying happy. I tell you. 
but uh, apparently, I've had some people elsewhere saying that that it's coming that this is that this is coming from where this is coming. Oh, I'm sorry, I've said criminal, and I still believe um, it was nothing to do. But apparently, I have some people elsewhere saying where this is coming from. Where is this coming from? Oh, I, I'm telling you, I've seen people. I saw people on Twitter. I saw people on Facebook and these groups and everybody just talking about, oh, man, we need to do this. We need to do that. I'll be disappointed if we don't do that. And the same people, uh, same people are saying, oh, man, now that I've had a chance to really take this in, this has been a great decision for us. I'm just like, Christ almighty, so easily coaxed. Um, shit, uh, I tell you, Grumpy, um, we're not going to sign a backup goalie for more than two-year deal. Who cares? He's a freaking backup goalie. Again, you're talking about ancillary players. I'm talking about players who actually contribute to success. Backup goalies don't do that. At the end of the day, the backup goalie sits in the freaking corner with a freaking baseball cap on, drinking drinking <laughs> Tommy beer. <laughs> Max B said, bringing Taryn Hatcher. She'll ask Lou some real tough questions. Oh, she's man. Hot. Isn't she the hot? She's a hot She's, isn't she's she? the hot one. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Ooh, I'm sorry, DJ. I don't know what that was. Could you elaborate on it? I, I couldn't tell you. Um, I'm so behind. There's so many more comments, too. Jeez. This one, Belichick hasn't won in a couple of years. I won a couple of years ago. Lou won 20 years ago. Okay, Belichick's never won shit. And first of all, it's the players. And it's the, his job as GM is what I'm talking about. Mm. Uh, Coaches just, don't win games. They just lose them. I'll show a good one. We'll end on a good one. Great show, guys. <laughs> Thanks. DJ, have a fantastic money moon. Enjoy. <laughs> Go Paul's team. Uh, 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 Grump, you were on point as always. Thanks, Nick D. Thank you so much. He's everybody. got some little. He's got some little Tommy Baffy liquid refreshment down there at the bottom. He's got a little beer. He's got his little elbow injury. Uh, yeah, well, he's been able to drink for a year. Oh, Paulo C said, "Teacher, have a good trip. Stay safe. Go to Manchester City. We'll be at the. I'll be at the Burnley against Man City game at Turf Moor. The Burnley Clarets. So if you tune in early enough on April the second, you may see us sitting on the front row, going crazy. Won't be watching that game. Uh, I was about to say it's uh, unless I want to see Manchester City win. <laughs> unless you want to see a clinic, man. They usually get waxed by Man City like five one, five nothing every single time they play them. So." It's unfortunate at the time we went, just didn't have any games that the that the that the Clarets could win. But grumpy. And then, and then but but Brian responded to Tommy's ridiculous goaltending question by saying you can't pay your backup five million dollars. Exactly, Tommy. Why don't you toss back another tall boy? Grumpy, I don't think Tommy drinks beers. I think it's more whiskey or scotch. It's even worse. He's, he's a distinguished gentleman, Grumpy, when he drinks back like really? that. Really? I've talked to him before. I've thought before. <laughs> I've thought before about just pounding, pounding a family-sized bottle of wine during a podcast. <laughs> That'd be a funny one. Um, but hey, man, we're here towards the end. It's three hours. Sorry, we weren't able to get to all the comments, guys. I, I apologize. Maybe I've got vacation brain already on. But uh, Grumpy, what do you want to say before we wrap things up today? I just want to say love and laughter to everyone who listens and even those who don't from TJ and the grumpy old man. Maybe this time away will allow me to recharge, be more positive and optimistic. Maybe I'll have a more sunny outlook and disposition on, on the Islanders when, when I'm overseas and when I come back from vacation, maybe I'll be ear to ear smiles and no matter how poorly or how gloomy things look, I'll just be happy and chugging right along. Dude, dude can I just say something? What is that? Um, you should be happy coming back. You should. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking about regarding the Islanders. 
Oh, well, you should be happy coming back from your honeymoon. You should be, regardless. I said, uh, hopefully, I have a more, I have a more optimistic outlook on the Islanders. I'm not saying I'm not going to be happy. Oh, okay. I thought you said you weren't going to be happy. No, that's why listening is my bad. My bad. No, yes, I'm going to be happy. It's not like okay, once the podcast goes off, it's not like man, I hate life, the Islanders. No, we're just talking Islanders, and then we go back to living and we have a good time. Okay. uh, no, Grumpy. Yes. Anyway, but uh, you interrupted me. But anyway, we will see you guys soon. I don't know when. We'll see you in the near future. Make sure you have notification bells turned on on YouTube. Make sure you like on Facebook, follow on Twitter. Um, we're going to try to go live at least once a week when I'm overseas. Who knows? We'll try to go live. Fingers crossed. Um, thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. We love you guys. No matter what happens, we're all in this together. Unfortunately for us, we're all in this together. Unfortunately, it could be some real shit, deep shit. But thank you guys for tuning in. And thank you, grumpy old man. My pleasure.